Episode 172 of the Rip Talk Gumbo podcast. Uh, again, I, I can never have all of my co-hosts here. Uh, You've got me this week and part of next week. Yeah. Part next week? I have to go pick my dad up from the airport. His flight comes in at like 10, 10 p.m. On Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. So, uh, and then I lose you for like two weeks. And then you lose weeks. me for two weeks because I'm at camp. Uh, and then Robert, Robert is working. He uh, He's having to work late. Uh, so, he is not here. But we Hopefully did. It's cooler for him. It's Later in the evening. still a trillion degrees at night with the sundown. So bad. It is uh, it is insanely hot here. But we did get a replacement. Uh, it's maybe a lateral shift. <laughs> but go ahead and bring in our replacement. It's Sean Gray. Oh, I do like Lucky the purple dude, wall. Yeah. Oh, I got the actual sponsor banner in finally in the mail. Oh, um, cool! Two days ago, because we had to change it, we had some some of the uh, sponsors that dropped off and some additions, and I changed that thing like 10, 15 times. So it's finally here, it. and it'll be at Shreveport. We'll take some pictures. That's of it. awesome. So we're, we're gonna put the other Herps banner behind us here. So cool. That's cool. You need to get that uh, that plant that I posted earlier in the Herps vendor group. That's really cool, actually. Did you see, I Katie? I haven't. It's, I was in a meeting earlier. It's purple yeah, on the really outside. Neat. It's like a pitcher plant. It's got bright oh, lime green plants. inside. So it's purple. Oh, and that's cool. I'll pull that up yeah, and look yeah, at it in cool. just a second. Uh, yeah, I was at school earlier. I had a meeting. You want to go ahead and do our sponsor stuff? Yeah. If you're looking for a high quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. It's a late, but still. Uh, also, Little Shop of Horror is a small feeder and pet supply business based in San Antonio, and they regularly schedule feeder meetups around San Antonio as well as other neighboring towns and cities. They offer shipping on their feeder insects, ice pods, and working on starting shipping on their feeder rodents too. All feeders are raised on a nutritional diet that optimizes the health of the reptiles and the amphibians that consume them. So check out our friends over at Lil's Shop of Horrors, L-A-L apostrophe S, for your feeder needs. Okay. And then uh, there's another sponsor. <laughs> Shut up and just do the dates. <laughs> I can't quite put a finger on Thank it. Thank you, Darren. What? Oh, happy okay, belated birthday. Uh, we'll get to that thing. So our other sponsor, uh, Herb's Reptile Shows. We have Sean on. And I'm not going to ask Sean the dates because he doesn't know the dates. So I I'm, bet he does. You think so? He knows Shreveport is this weekend. Shreveport's this weekend. That's as far as his brain is gone. Slidell is July 24th and 25th. Yep. 22nd and 23rd. Oh, you were close. 22nd and 23rd? Okay, I was close. Hey, I was in the right month. There you <laughs> go. You were in the right month. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we're, we're at Shreveport's this weekend. That's what we're excited And about. then there's a Corpus Christi show. Let, well, let me go through them. Yes. Okay, go. All right, so the Shreveport, of course, is this weekend, June 24th and 25th. Uh, Slidell is July 22nd, 23rd. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Not going to be there. That's too far away. July 29th and 30th. Uh, hopefully, there's no poop outside. Remember nope. The, the flies that one time were. Yeah, when they didn't clean the stalls next to us. Oh, yeah, my God. Horrible. It was horrible. They uh, got rid of that entire crew. They have a whole new staff. It was really, it was they, so much better last They time. should. It was miserable. Like, it was, yep, oh, it I've was. never seen so many flies. Yep. Uh, Corpus Christi, Texas is August 12th and 13th. We'll already be back at school when that happens. Mm-hmm. Horrible. 
gross for you guys. Yeah. yeah. We actually have to go back like the last day of July. Yeah, July 31st. July 31st is our first day back for teacher workshops. Gross. Yeah. Uh, off to Sean's home, Bryan College Station, August 19th and 20th. Yep. Then back to Conroe. We were just at Conroe. That show came out last week. We put out our interviews last week. Uh, Conroe, September 9th and 10th. I was really excited about some of those interviews that we got for the Conroe show. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a chance to go through it, but I heard some good stuff. They were great. We got to talk uh, Indigos, which was awesome. Yeah. Ricky's Uh, awesome. Yeah. We got to talk with Don Shores, which Which is strange. I didn't think that would happen, but that was a lot of fun. I didn't sell any snakes at his table, unfortunately, but. He sold a bunch. We uh, who else did we talk to? Oh, um, you had Fatal Mantis on. No, we didn't have time to get them on. Oh, we, you didn't get them on. No, they're gonna come on the next one though. Gotcha. We had uh, Pet Den on. We talked with uh, Dennis. No, Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, on. Oh, Aaron came on. Yeah, we had Aaron. Yeah, and Dennis looked at him and said, "That's all you." We had, <laughs> That's all you we had Tim Bailey on. We had from Bailey and Bailey's uh, reptiles. We had him on. Tim Bailey. So. That was, a, that was a good one. It was. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a good lineup. And then speaking of Timberlian, Louisiana, uh, Baton Rouge show is September 16th and 17th, which is still the Gonzalez show. It's not Baton Rouge. <laughs> Just saying. Yep. It's in Gonzalez. Uh, I like that venue. That's a that's a decent venue. It, the venue is good. Tables suck. Um, their tables were rough, rough, rough. Yeah. Um, but easy parking, easy access. It's right off the highway. Everything's really close. Restaurants, hotels, everything was right there. Uh, great crowd for the first show. That was, you know, way beyond what we expected. And if, one of the longest lines we've had this year at a show opening up, believe it or not. And if someone significant oh, yeah. other doesn't like uh, reptiles, there is an outlet mall they can go shop at while you're at the. Uh, right, yeah, they can right go to the it's a, an outlet mall that actually has shops. It's still in it. open. Yeah, it's, it's, and, it's, it's, it has it's, nice. It's That's a, nice stuff there. It's a yeah. functioning, awesome. Yeah. There's also a Cabela's really at that exit. Yep. We want yeah. to Cabela's. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good that's a good location, and parking yeah. is great there. Was, parking is really easy. We've had some parking issues in in recent time at some places. Parking is great at that one. Yep. Uh, and then out to Waco, Texas, October 21st and 22nd. So. Yep. The Dr Pepper Museum and factories in Waco. Okay. Never been I know there. that was I super random. I went to the the in Dublin years ago. I, I want to do that Dublin. one. I want to do the Dr Pepper factory tour. Yeah, it was fun. We'd have to drive to Waco. I know. Is it far it's from here? Far. No. Three hours? Four hours? That's not bad. It's an hour. How are you? How far are you from my house? Two. So yeah, it's an hour from here. See, that's not bad. That's three hours. We could totally do that. That's a fun trip. Totally, totally do that. It's a day trip. Before the last weekend of July, because you have to go back to work. I know. I know. Gross. And I haven't really had a summer off. I've been doing a uh, internship at the University of Houston yeah, all summer. I was going to ask you how that was going. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. Well, I, let's bring in our other people because they might want to talk about your nerdy stuff too. We don't care about this. We'll bring them in in a set. They're fine. People have seen <laughs> Max's Amanda face. Said hi, hi, Lee and Amanda. Max is up there. Jason Milradovich. What's up, man? DGB Exotics. Hello. <laughs> Do you need glasses? You're kind of like. My, my laptop's He's way far away. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so I have my, I have a laptop. I have my camera zoomed in. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so I'll have to send you a video later that I made of uh, the fish that I'm working with. It's such a mess. It's hilarious. It's got music with it. It's pretty good. Okay. Just, you just sent say, me fish porn. It, it is fish porn, but I put the right music with it. <laughs> I mean, it, the it, music made it. As long as you have the right music, the music like did make it funny. I, I overlaid. Let's get it on. 
Yeah, you have to. It was it, it was funny. I, sh- I showed it. To, I showed it to the to the. I was gonna professor. ask if you'd shown anybody yet. And I showed him that, and, uh, and he laughed, and I was like, "Can can we use that video?" I was like, "Yeah, I've got a version without the music." He goes, "Okay." <laughs> Greatness. Uh, That's great. All right, let's go ahead and bring our guest in. <laughs> First, we've got. There's Max. Mm-hmm. As always. Max went on another trip and didn't get eaten. Yeah, Max no. Max had an amazing time on this trip, if I'm living correctly through his photographs. Though. He, he, you know what, though? He didn't get eaten, and I'm let down. Yeah, uh, but he got a picture of a normal ball python. I mean, what the rarest thing. It was in the wild. The it was in the wild. Yeah, it was, a, yeah. it was a rock. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. cool. Well, me, <laughs> just a normal, though. Let me let uh, Max, you can go ahead and introduce the other guests. So this is Dr. Ben German. Uh, he's a emergency. Uh, he's an emergency uh, uh, department doctor, and he has so many stories. And he's super fun at parties and in Africa because you hear about all the parasites, all the things that can go wrong with you. Ooh. But you know, if you spray he's the deep- right, the right person to have around Max and mm-hmm. animals. So just, yep. just saying. Just it's saying. the right person to have just around Max because I sprayed DEET in my eyes. And <sighs> that's I got not a, good. You're not supposed to do that. And Max. I got an eye wash. Well, well that's how you keep uh, malaria from getting into your eyes. I'm so if you're in the jungle, eyeballs. is an eye wash just somebody peeing in your eye socket? I mean, it's Thankfully, sterile. no. It's sterile. I mean, but, <laughs> look, look, if, it ha- if it has to be, you know. Dr. German's like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's a sterile liquid. Do. It'll work. I'm just saying. I mean, normally true. you pay extra for it, but. Oh that's God. true. That's true. Yeah. That's why you carry extra water. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I got back. When I got back, these water bottles, I feel like Shaq. It's still $8? Well, no. I mean, they're just so small. And the water bottles there are like three times the size and you just carry them around like this and hope you yeah, don't you run out them down in like one gulp yeah you're just yeah. you're sweating all the time i mean yeah. it's uh the, it's like the texas. Heat is, well you guys are in texas right so yeah yeah no. we probably the it. most comparable to yeah yeah it's a hundred yeah, humidity the humidity it's you don't wear cotton there if you do mm-hmm. it's just you're drenched yeah yeah that's... well welcome dr german thank you glad to have you not so much, Max. We see him often. I'm the Ricky Gervais. Yeah, you know what? You know what story? That, you know what story? Doctor German doesn't have is you getting eaten by an animal. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. yet. I mean, this won't be our last trip. That's, oh my that's gosh. for sure. You let me down in to, Alaska. I need to get into one of these trips with you guys for real. Blake's been asking me to go all over and like you know be a bot fly factory with him. Gross. Did y'all see Corey's photo of the Viper? yes? That Viper, was such a good photo. Did you see Corey's photo over Flash that broke? No, oh, she broke two. She was in Guatemala. I think right? it was two that yeah. she broke. There's one where like the back of the flash, it's still Oof. functional, but the back of it is cracked, like it hit something. And then there's another where like the clip where the seat, it yeah. where it attaches to the camera mm-hmm. just completely broke. You like know, there's no fix in that one. So Max talked no. about all the parasites over there. I'm fine with all those because you know what they don't have is that little catfish that South America has that swims up your pee hole. That's really the only one I'm worried about. The kangaroo. Yep. It's the only one I'm worried about. I, I'll take yeah. malaria. I'll take any. I just don't that's want a catfish in my penis. Yeah, How do you get tungiasis? I think the I think the bot flies are way more common than a kangaroo. I'll take a bot fly over a catfish in my but penis. Bot fly. The bot fly actually <laughs> turned into a fly today. So. Um, on, he, on on him and it flew out. Well, he the larva came out. 
he fuck. put it in a jar. Fucking gross. And it turned into a fly. He has completed wow. the cycle. Is that his second or third so one? I can't nasty. remember which one. That's one. the only one that's lived. This that's long. Like, yeah. Why on earth? Because it's Blake. It's Blake. I don't care. It's Just fucking so gross. The, the height of his accomplishments in the breeding. So, if we're talking about also broken gear, um, this is one I lost. No I one can tell that it. Blurry. It's a three three sixty camera. It's oh yeah yeah scratched. And then TSA threw my camera bag down and broke my UV filter on one of my lenses. Ooh. Yeah, like it was oh, no. smashed. That's got to be heart wrenching. And 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 for anybody that's traveling with that expensive equipment, you've got to just be like, why can't you just let me take it? With Did you? at least luckily break it on was on the okay. on the way back. But yeah. I mean, Atlanta, there was a lot that went on that was heart wrenching. Um, I met Joe Gatto. From I saw the picture. That's yeah. awesome. But yeah, I, um, here's the. If too bad he didn't eat you. Right. But yeah, that was the camera. Damn. That looks like a car charger. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's rough. But yeah. Um. But yeah, I was pretty over Atlanta. Yeah. Well, if you quit trying to sneak drugs in your asshole, they wouldn't stop you. I know, right? James. Not me. Stop it. Oh man. Anyways. Uh. Doc- our, our, what our would guest is like what in the hell I know. did I, did I say yes no he was on a trip with well, Max. He's been, well he's also yes yeah, about to say he's been with Max for what days, would you so like for us to call you would you like for us to call you Dr. German would you like for us to call you Ben oh just call me Ben okay. that's fine yeah Ben's cool okay yeah Ben you want to know I just put my Max? title up there so people know I you know you're important you're not one you worked hard for you're not one degrees. of those doctors yeah, who right? wants to be called doctor no we, it's funny. I know I a lot of doctors, and none of, our, of mine are that doctor. I don't think doctor. any of our friends do that. None we have that are doctor. None of them are that doctor. <laughs> like, you worked hard and paid a lot of money for that title. By all like, means, use it. Like, Dr. Green has more letters after his name than in his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we mess with. Yeah, we mess with. Do you see Spencer that uh, he's on, Spencer, bite, but... on bite 43? 43 was the yeah, last one. 40, 44 now. 44? God bless. Yeah. I saw an update about an hour ago. Is, yeah. it, is it because of all the heat? Well, snakes are moving right now, and people right. are out, you know. People so, are it, but it's way are more. Stupid. He's at way more than he had last year. Yes. Yeah. Well, the tarantulas are out and masked. Is that starting? Is that, has that started already? Yeah. Does he deal it, with? It goes May through July. Does he deal okay. with those as well? In venomous bites. But he's not I, counting those. He's just counting the snakes. He's just snake bites. It's just snake bites. It's all copperheads. It's boring now. Well, he, had, he said there was a dry no, no, bite. No, no, no. Yeah. So he did get a dry bite. One yeah, with a dry bite. Confirmed dry bite. I did see tarantulas when we were at, uh, what show were we at? Austin? Austin. Yeah, we stayed in the Airbnb. We and went, we went hiking okay. in a little park behind our Airbnb. Yeah. And it was my first time seeing a live uh, tarantula. We wild. had a big female that lived in our yard in McKinney. We also massive adult female. Oh, that's cool. We found yeah, that little really snake cool. on. We the found. Bl- oh, I saw my first blind snake at the, on that trip too. That's a cool one to find. That was really neat. Yeah, we, we've been seeing a ton of snake bites here in North Carolina too. I mean, it's just that it's that time of year. They're out yeah. moving, and people are out. People doing are stuff. out. People are off out of school. Yeah, on vacations, see a snake, think, "Oh, I'm gonna go pick it up." So, mm. Ben, is that what you do when you're not traveling the world? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I travel as much as I can, but um, otherwise, I'm working in the local ERs, and and you know, I hear about all the snake bites, and and try to add expertise on treating those. And it is mostly copperhead bites around here, which makes it mm-hmm. a little bit easier. But um, but some of those patients still get pretty pretty significant envenomations. You know, not uh, not as bad as what we saw in Africa, but um, but you know, still 
pretty miserable experience to have a, a good copperhead bite. So your advice would just be suck the venom out and tie a tourniquet around it, right? That's the right exactly, advice. Exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, bleed it out. Yeah, yeah, cut. Got to cut. Go see natural healers get charred cow bone tied to it. Yeah. That's uh. That's one thing we saw um, multiple times. They, they call it blackstone. And basically, they go to a natural healer, and they'll tie it around a bite, and it's supposed to suck it out. Yeah. And when you can't identify snakes properly, you look at a non-venomous snake and go, oh, well, I got bit. It worked. And then you get actually yeah. envenomated, and you come to our clinic, um, usually in pretty bad condition if you wait. But, you know. So, uh, Ben, I want to ask you about that. Cause, so, as a doctor... And then you go somewhere like that because that is a religious thing when they go to someone like that. They, you know, they take right. bites. That, do you have to basically sit back and, and bite your tongue on some of that stuff because you don't want to offend them religiously? You know, it, it, it really is important to respect their cultural beliefs and practices. And so uh, Max is absolutely right. A lot of people go to a traditional healer or a faith healer first. And then if they're getting worse, then we might see them you know, it might end up being a delayed presentation. So um, you have to respect their beliefs, but at the same time, tell them why you think you need to do different things as far as giving antivenom, which is really, you know, still the only effective treatment we have for some of these envenomations. And I, I think by the time most people come to the snake bite clinic, they realize that they realize they're, they're getting worse, things aren't looking good, and, and they're seeking, you know, a different type of help. But um, uh, I think there's a way to do it where you respect their beliefs and at the same time provide education on why we're doing things the way we, we do them. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't run into any, any real pushback, I don't think, Max, on, on that. You know, once people now, showed up. The, yeah, the, the one thing that I learned about when we were there was, uh, and I, I didn't even consider it, it is like a slap in the face if you throw away their blood. So when we were doing protein samples, uh, if, if you take it from where the, uh, you probably know the terminology better, Ben, if you take it from the IV, you got to toss away like the first three ounces because there's saline in there and you'll get an incorrect proportion. So right. most of the time instead we, they did finger pricks. Right. Yeah. You, you, you know, things are, are definitely different there. Um, some things are very different, but some things really aren't that different. I, I feel like, um, you know, when people, when they were presenting for help, then they were pretty receptive to, to most everything we wanted to do. And what really helps, though, is we have Ghanaian doctors, Ghanaian nurses that are there all the time. So they they staff the clinic when we can't be there. And so I think having people that speak their language, people that live in their area, telling them what they think is the right thing to do, that helps a ton. It's not just us coming over there for two weeks and and, uh, you know, then leaving. Yeah, well, for the people who are listening who don't really understand exactly what you're talking about, it's the Sclepius Foundation you guys are, are doing. Can you kind of explain what you guys actually were there for and what you were doing? Sure. Yeah, so we're with the Asclepius Snakebite Foundation, and this is a foundation that recognized a need to provide better care for envenomations in, in Guinea and other parts of Africa and really all parts of the developing world where people don't have access to good antivenoms or, or more modern medical care. And it was formed by uh, a group of docs and uh, paramedics and other people. And all of us have a very 
uh, passionate interest in snakes and snake bite. I mean, most of us started out as herpers or herpetologists and, and that led, you know, we, we got into medicine and then this is a, a perfect way to merge those interests. But, you know, snake bite in the U S is it's a problem for sure. We, you know, we see five to 8,000 bites a year here in the U S but, but very few deaths. I mean, you know, two or three or four people, maybe a year will die, but you start looking at parts of Africa, Asia, Latin America, and the, the numbers of deaths are staggering. I mean, for one, we don't know exactly how many people die because a lot of these regions don't keep accurate numbers, right? They, they, they may go unreported. And then, um, besides death, you're talking about really disabling injuries. The people who do survive, um, you know, these big vipers, uh, the spitting cobras, I mean, they cause pretty devastating, uh, injuries to extremities. And so what we try to do is work with, with clinicians, you know, doctors and nurses in these countries to provide them with good antivenom and, uh, good training as far as treating bites and other, um, you know, things that we do here as far as emergency medicine and critical care medicine to, to try to improve the level of care. Have you guys have uh, labs set up around Ghana in that area or are they, or are you getting the antivenom from the labs that they have already there? Uh, do you see what I'm saying? Is that something that you guys have yeah. set up? So there's the, the antivenom we use right now is called uh, InnoSerp and it's made by a Spanish company that um, it's out of Spain and Mexico. And it's a polyvalent antivenom that covers all of the important snakes of sub-Saharan Africa. So they have a version for Northern Africa and the Middle East as well. But um, as far as, you know, the, the snakes we're really worried about in, in sub-Saharan Africa, are, of course, the mambas, cobras, different vipers. Um, and so it, it provides coverage against everything that, that would be likely to cause death or severe injury. And, you know, the importance of a polyvalent antivenom is, you know, and Max can attest to this too. A lot of people that come in, they, they didn't see the snake that bit them mm-hmm. or they got a glimpse of it. And in, in the U S it's a lot easier because people can usually describe, you know, oh, it looked like a copperhead or cotton mouth or it, it mm-hmm. had rattles, but there, you know, you might be talking about a small Cobra or was it a stiletto snake or, you know, what type of viper was it? it? It's a lot more complicated when you get into all those different African venomous snakes. And so a lot of times we don't get a good description of, of what bit somebody. And so having an antivenom that covers everything reduces the margin for error. So to say, that's pretty cool that you're able to, to have one that covers everything. Well, cause here in the States, we have one that covers our pit vipers, but then doesn't cover the coral snake. Yeah, right. Which is our, our lapids, like cobra. So yeah. yeah. And we actually have two here. So we have crofab and anavip. Yeah, and so depending on where you're at and which doctor, whatever happened with the venom they were working on, I know this was years ago, but they were working on um, synthesizing venom that was extracted from Heloderma, um, that was supposedly going to change the antivenom world, um, but I guess it kind of got sidelined. Maybe that was pharmaceutical companies involved, or not sure, but I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that recently. Do you have any input on that? You know, uh, there's no, there's no synthetic antivenom yet, or as far as, you know, antivenom that's purely made in the lab without using snake venom and without using animals like horses and sheep, every, you know, the, the conventional antivenoms are still what we use. I mean, they're different than what was around 30, 40 years ago. They're, they're more purified and, you know, 
Sure. Yeah, this one this one was specifically being extracted. The proteins were being extracted from Gila Derma venom. Okay. Um, from Gila and Rio and, and and beaded lizard, but I haven't heard anything about it in forever. I'm, I know I'm they're really they're always it. working they're always working on different techniques to, you know, for instance, the monoclonal antibodies we heard about during COVID. That was one of the things we used to treat COVID early mm -hmm. on. Um, were these antibodies that were uh, able to be produced in the lab that had some effectiveness against the COVID virus. And that's, that's one of the areas that they're looking at is if you could find antibodies that neutralize, you know, broad classes of venom proteins, and you could make those, those antibodies in a lab, then you might be able to take out, you know, take away the need for milking snakes and, and mm -hmm. injecting that venom into sheep and horses to produce the antibodies. Gotcha. It's tricky because, you know, let, let's take Africa, for example, where you have so many different venomous snakes of different uh, families and, and, you know, pretty widely different on the, you know, evolutionary scale, their proteins are different too in the venom. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to be able to neutralize each one of those important toxins in the venom. And that would probably require different antibodies to do it. Mm -hmm. And up, up till now, we haven't found a more efficient way than just letting an animal's immune system Build produce the the, all yeah. the different antibodies against those different toxins. Gotcha. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the most interesting things for me um, was watching the milking of snakes, talking to somebody on our team, Dr. Kerr Smith, and it just... Because there, there's a lot that's so different. So, for example, the stiletto snake, you know, you have your hematoxins, your neurotoxins. Well, the stiletto is the only mm. one that does serotoxins, which does cardiac stuff. Um, oh, wow. And it bites weird. Yeah, yeah. And, and it uh, bites yeah. you with the side of its face. Um, there is a video of a guy getting getting bit yeah. by and then, a stiletto. Um, oh. I, ju I just uh, posted the photos that I took of the stiletto we found with uh, Mike Clarkson's thumb. And, you know, I told him we found it and he goes, yeah, rule of thumb. Don't pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> no like, touching. Yeah. That is the one where you don't grab behind the head because it can still bite you. No. Yeah. 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 So, so milking it, I'm, I understand like my time came to an end, but I'm still upset that I didn't get to film and photo at getting milked just because it is a complex issue. Um, yeah. I know Dr. Fry's milked some, um, but yeah, I mean, it's. And finding it was a story because we went to a place uh, we called Muhammad's Forest because of the family there. One thing that's like pretty wild, and Ben can talk about this too, is just you walk through a peanut field or you walk through some kind of agriculture, and then you're in this forest and you find three mambas and a cobra in a night. You find, you know, like you just find a large number of snakes right next to where these people live. So mm -hmm. uh, one family, you know, the guy's name was Muhammad, and. I go, and when we find the stiletto, the ants there, there's an ant Wikipedia, and it's an ant wiki, and you can just scroll through the ant species of guinea, and there's so many of them. Oh, my God, that's and, so crazy. Like, you can walk up to a pile of leaves, and when you get close, it starts breathing, basically. Yeah. You just hear, shh, shh. And if you touch that pile of leaves, it comes alive. Yeah. So we were tucking our pants into our socks, um, but on this night, I got eaten up by ants and you know you just like as soon as you think you're done getting bit there's just another max it doesn't count him. as getting eaten by an animal like, uh, no they didn't yeah, finish yeah, yeah, them no, off no. didn't finish them off but after that time that's when um we were walking back and kara spotted the stiletto on the path and it's just like just right there in front of us i don't think and i so, could ever travel <laughs> that's really cool the what? ants around the world would kill me 
Nah. Mm. You you live. Yeah, no. They they didn't kill Max. I swell so bad just from firing. I've never been told I'm allergic, but I just swell so bad. This is why I brought Ben on, because he'll tell you about the carpet ants killing people. (sighs) Oh, yeah. Some of those, uh, you know, South America has their army ants, and Africa has their own version that, um, you know, they just come in a swarm, and and you, you know, you know, the ants are coming because you see all the other insects jumping out of the way ahead of them. And, you know, there's cases where people are asleep in their house and the ants come in and, you know, if it's an older person or a baby, I mean, the ants will, will eat them. And they're called um, carpet ants. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's, um, it's the African version of the, of the army ant and they call them different things in, in, um, uh, different regions of Africa. But, uh, we definitely saw a few of those. You just see a big. It's just like know, a river line. Of ants. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. I've seen some really cool videos of that, and he's like, he's not lying. That These everything are huge. on the forest floor gets out of the way. Well, because it's kind of like the fire ants, where it's like one bites and it releases a signal to the rest mm-hmm. to bite. What's well, different when they go inside your mouth, your nose, like into your lungs, and they Ugh. start biting you. So if you swell up there, Katie, like you're like, yeah, you know. Um, you want to be careful, you know, if you're standing in one place for a long time, you better look around and just see what, what you're standing near, you know, and, and it's easy to do. Cause you get distracted. You see a mamba up in the tree and you're, you're all sitting <laughs> there with the lights focused on it. And, uh, so then and you know what I'm right? laughing at. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so you want to tell like, that story? And here I am yeah. just worrying about like cave mamba crickets poop, in a cabin at did camp a mamba in poop on your face. No, please tell me a mamba poop on your face. No, it, worse. And it was, this was for Jordan. We had a green mamba in a tree. We're about to go up. And I turned to Jordan and I, and I go, Hey, give me like an on location interview. Like what's going on. And I put my light on him. And all of a sudden, like you see it frame by frame in the video, this moth goes into his ear oh. and starts beating on his eardrum. Like, like that's how he describes it. So Ben like has this camelback starts spraying into his ear, but they end up having to get like the, the like a needle, a catheter. Um, yeah, Ben, if you want to finish that story. Wow. Oh, it was, I mean, yeah, Jordan is uh, giving the interview and it, it looks like he got shot. I mean, he just goes. Down <laughs> and Spins it a 360. Yeah. And, and God knows and what's on the realize. floor that he's about to get on yeah, his body on yeah. top of that. And I, you know, I see this in the ER sometimes where people are sleeping and a bug crawls in their ear and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the bug will keep trying to crawl in and hitting the eardrum. And it's one of the worst feelings you can have because it's there, it's not easy to get something out, you know, that's way in there. So we usually have to irrigate it out with a syringe and, you know, water, or sometimes we'll use lidocaine, which kills the insect, but uh, we're on the side of a mountain, you know, underneath <laughs> a six foot green mamba in the tree that we're trying to get out. And, um, yeah, that's the other good thing is we bring medical supplies with us when we're out there in the field. When we're, you know, we're not treating bites, we still have medical kits with us. And um, so we were able to MacGyver it. I got a half a popsicle stick, some gum, and a you leaf. You know what? We're getting it right to our original thing. You could have just peed in his ear. It works both ways. Well, <laughs> that was, I think that was the next thing Max was going to do. But, um, <laughs> but no, we got it out. And, uh, uh, you know, then we, uh, went up and, and went after the Mamba, but, um, I would wear yeah, it's, uh, it's a little different here. I mean, you know, when I'm, when I'm herping in the U S I'm not carrying anti-venom with me or, you know, medical yeah. kits typically besides basic stuff. But, um, 
But there we're lucky it's in Texas idea. if people are wearing anything but Crocs around here when they go herping. I mean, I mean, real. I've been known well, to remove copperheads in flip flops. I, I mean, we, uh, yeah, we, we did, take it we for was granted. So though. mad at me that night. Poor we Ben we had, to, had to miss uh, Acostas a night at her. Like he had just taken off his shoes, and we're like in flip flops, and we're running to this neighbor's house. He goes one way and sees this girl holding a dead rat, and he goes, "Well, that's not a snake." <laughs> and we're over there grabbing this night at her in flip-flops and shorts. Um, but because the neighbors, they'll, they'll come by, they'll show us snakes. Like we had a pair of boys bring us a ball python. Um, like they're like, oh, that was hey. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did go, I did go neck and herping one time. Lori's probably told that story. I was really intoxicated, but <laughs> I was in the hill country of Austin and I got out of the hot tub and I just had my slides on and my snake hook and my headlamp and I was off in the woods. Oh my God. There's yeah, a trouser joke. I didn't find anything. No, no, no. I didn't find anything, but I didn't get bit. But we do take it for granted, like he's saying. You don't take. You don't. We go out herping. We got to. If we're certain places, you have to have your vest on in the road. You know. Could you imagine having to go to the ER and explain to them that you got bit on the penis? Because you were naked. I mean, that would have been a cool story. In the woods, depends on what bit me. Except for when it rots off and they have to cut the penis off. Yeah, yeah. If you have a stiletto snake bite, it there's a story there that you don't. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to be naked herping in Africa. So. Yeah, but no, I, I I did that one time. Really, really bad. Should have oh done God. that. But again, we do take it for granted. Like you're saying, you take medical kits. You've got antivenom. We don't. We go out and well remove rattlesnakes yeah, and copperheads. And I have hooks and some sticks sometimes. You know, yeah, if you get if you get bitten here, I mean, you know, you're not anywhere that far from phone service, and you're probably going to have a helicopter come get you. And oh yeah, I'm calling you know, Spencer. I got his phone number. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I got three clutches, you know, training. Yeah. yeah, right. But yeah, it's, that brings it's up crazy. you know that's another interesting thing. You know, a lot of a lot of the bites in Africa are on the feet, and people are wearing sandals or going barefoot. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people will ask, "Well, why not just wear boots? Why not wear good shoes?" They don't have them. And then you realize that it it it'll just rain. You know, it'll drop three inches of rain in thirty minutes and just pour unpredictably. And and if you're wearing shoes that you know or or footwear that won't dry quickly it's just not practical right so yeah yeah and i mean you'll see somebody walking down the way no flashlight nothing it's like you're just walking on the road pitch black yeah that yeah walking in the dark i mean this is really the same thing we see here with a lot of our copyright bites is people you know they're they're walking around after dark with you know sandals on or barefoot just Mm -hmm. around their house usually they're taking out the trash or walking the dog and they step on a copperhead Yep. And, my um, biggest issue here yeah. is like squishing the toad that lives on my porch. Trying not to squish. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't like she, does, she we, doesn't squish the toad. No, the way you said like, it sounds like no. my biggest problem is I try to I'm squish the to toad. Avoid it. <laughs> what are you, Mario? No. <laughs> just put a, just put an old shoe out there like mine. I have the shoe toads out front still. So shoe toads are still there, and we, we have did, so we did many copperhead. Yeah, well, we did a, find one copperhead place in the that, back porch, baby. But there's a place that Robert and I go road cruising, and he and I talk all the time. That if we lived anywhere in that area, where there's a lot of houses out there, would never walk through our yards at night without snake boots on. Like, because oh, we catch so many cottonmouths to that yeah, area. And I'm like, know, God, they'd be everywhere. Like, I live in an area where cane breaks are, are supposedly really thick here. Notice how he um, said supposedly. Because <laughs> I've never, because I haven't seen one. I've had so many old time herpers tell me that OSR, the road that runs by my house, that from here to Brian is loaded, loaded. Well, I mean, and we were walking through tons of tall grass when we thought we lost your Aldabra. 
but it was still inside yeah, the fence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah. No, that was the leopard tortoise we were hunting. That was a leopard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was right out, when you as first As soon as it started it. raining, it came running across the field. Yeah, well, the Burmese brown got out the other day. Well, no, it never actually got out. It was right when you first got it, and it just yeah. dug itself in a hole, and there was grass yeah. around it. Yeah, that was the Burmese brown. I mean, that was the leopard. Leopard? Tortoise. Oh, okay. It's yeah, we had the drone up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was the you had a drone That's... out looking for this. You can't miss Max, Kona. Max was there, so there was a drone. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't miss Kona. I uh, Ooh, I, I also had a drone watch one of our team members climb a 25-meter tree, catch green mamba. Oh, look at you, world traveler, saying meters. Fuck you. You're an American. <laughs> he started hey, saying you're meters. lucky I'm not fluent in French right now. Yeah. I'm just, no, yeah I, that was... The, using the drone to find mambas was awesome. I, I mean, was going to yeah. ask and how often you used it while you were there. I was actually going to ask you if you had any of the restrictions that we have here like that for Fortnite <laughs> or anything. I I'll doubt ta- it. I'll, t- I'll talk a little bit about that when we're not on a podcast. Did you almost get arrested <laughs> by the no, African no. Secret Service? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, but, um, well, uh, l- let me explain it um, in, in a very, in the way we explain a lot of things. Um, a man is fishing. And he has a whole bucket full of fish and uh, Parks and Wildlife comes up and he goes, do you have a license to a fish? And he goes, oh, well, these are my pets. I let them go and they come back. And Park yeah. Ranger says, okay, prove it. So he dumps the bucket out, all the fish scatter and they don't come back. And he goes, well, what happened to the fish? And the guy goes, what, what fish? fish? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, break laws, what laws? So were you in a park? Were you in were you in a national park area or yeah? What I mean, kind of explain what you're doing there and and what since you're working for the foundation, what regulations you had to follow and what you didn't have to. Yeah, so how, go how ahead, was, go ahead and list how the foundation made a mistake by letting you work for them. Go how ahead. how <laughs> yeah, was Max. the location chosen? Like so, uh, other so, than the fact that there was a need. Well, right, had, so Jordan met Salu Baldi, who's like who had the clinic there, and you know had, had the very uh, introduction. So he saw the need, and Jordan's been going for uh, many years now, and so uh, so he had that association through. He met them through Kate Jackson, John Philippe, and so how the location was picked. It was just like a village that um, very high percentage of bites. I think it's. Uh, Ben, we just ha- talked about it in the group chat. I think it was 35% of bites for the country. Wow. Yeah, they see... Uh, yeah, in that Guinea, one village. Um, yeah, Guinea sees a, a ton of snake bites to begin with, but then the city where we're at is called Kindia, which is a li- it's about 60 miles from, from the capital of Guinea. And it's sort of the perfect setup for snake bites because it's it's a widely spaced more rural community i mean there's a lot of people that live there it's you know it's definitely a city but then this the the suburbs i guess you'd call it stretch out very widely and everybody has their own you know personal farm plot they've got you know they grow their own crops there's patches of forest everywhere it's actually very rocky i mean a lot of the terrain looks kind of like west texas like out when you get out to big bend with all the rock formations and so it's it's perfect for snakes. There's tons of snakes. And then there's people that are in the environment all the time, farming and, you know, just, just living. And so the, um, there's a, there's a, uh, research facility there that was started by, um, Salou Balde is the name of the Ghanaian. Uh, and he's actually a herpetologist, a Ghanaian herpetologist. They were studying the snakes 
and they saw how many people were getting bitten and people would bring their bitten family members to him and ask for help. And they didn't have any way to treat them. They, they were doing the herpetology work, but they didn't have any of the medical resources. So they had a lot of bad outcomes many years ago. I mean, he, people were dying and people were ending up with these horrible injuries. Yikes. So he was the one originally who started this snake bite clinic. And the idea was, you know, this clinic is only going to treat snake bites. The hospital can treat, you know, all the other stuff, but we're going to specialize in snake bites. And at some point, uh, you know, Max mentioned Jordan and uh, Nick Brandehoff, who are two of the founders of ASF. They got involved and said, we want to work with you guys and help you get better antivenom and a, and a steady supply of antivenom. I mean, you know, what happened in the past is they'd use it and it would run out and it might be six months or a year until they got more. So the idea is keep it stocked all the time. And then we go out there periodically, you, you know, usually once or twice a year to bring other supplies and then also, you know, work on training for, you know, again, all these other medical techniques, but it's worked really well. They've, the mortality for snake bite in that area used to be 25 to 30%. And, and that's, there's a really high percentage of mamba bites and cobra bites. And that that's why yeah. the mortality was so high. They've cut that mortality down to, it's right around 3% now since they started the clinic and have a steady supply of antivenom. So, um, you know, really, uh, it, it's a very successful model in, in reducing snake bite deaths and, and injuries. And if, if you had other clinics like this in, in other parts of Guinea and other parts of Africa, um, there's no reason why you couldn't replicate that success. You know, just have, have people who know how to treat bites, give them the tools to do it, and, and you'll have good outcomes. So I saw one other cool thing. Uh, that reminded me that because we're talking drones earlier and we're talking Africa and medicine. I saw this video, uh, this place in Africa where they use drones to deliver medicine to these uh, remote places. Oh, Mark Rover did a video on yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, so we, we looked into, I, I think initially there was a period of time where like um, we looked into working with them um, or with a company like that, but it just ended, it ended up not being practical um, just because it's like, okay, well, you know, we can just keep the anti-venom on hand because us dropping that percentage down, the biggest, one of the biggest hurdles is getting patients to the clinic because a model of treatment is very successful um, because of just simple things, you know, just airway management, getting the anti-venom. You know, we had a 23-year-old come in, uh, respiratory arrest, you know, complete like, like on death's doorstep. And I go to interview him when he's, getting discharged the next day and I nearly walked past him because I do not recognize him. Like this is a guy who was, you know, going to die if he didn't get treatment and he's talking to me. Well, he's tra through translators because he yeah. spoke Susu, then it went to French and then it went to English, but he's talk. he's basically talking to me the next day. And so, but people go on the back of motor taxis and drive five hours on really, really rough roads to get to us like huge potholes dirt roads like barely anything's paved there and so so we, we never ended up working with them but uh but yeah like ben said it's i mean the the model of training you know just like even positioning to where and of course i'm i'm parroting a lot of this just positioning for airway to prevent somebody from aspirating 
is going to drop your mortality a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's very simple tools that, you know, so when we're fundraising, it's like, since it's a hundred percent volunteer based organization, it, it really goes to a, like you get the biggest bang for your buck. If you're looking to make a difference donating. I know we talked about this when we had Brent on, but I'm trying to remember uh, my dad in the chat asked, is the program sustainable and repeatable to establish in other regions? And I, I know. He, I yes. Think, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we've got um, our eyes on a couple other places. Um, we just, we want to make sure rather than spreading yourself too thin, like, you know, like I do with my hobbies, <laughs> um, we want to show a successful model completely. So there's a couple other steps we want to take in Guinea, but we have our eyes on a couple other places. But when you're when you're approaching, you know, pharmaceutical companies asking for donations, you you want them you want to be able to show them, hey, this really works. But being on the ground there, like hopefully, you know, as I put up these videos and photos, it really helps show like this is like it's extraordinary stuff. I like I'm completely impressed with everyone I was there with. I mean, it's, um, you know, just watching how, like, you know, I mean, we had a, a boy that, uh, he was actually a burn victim. He was there and Ben would like, Ben would change his dressings. And this boy had the biggest pain tolerance of burn dressings, but he started walking while we were there. He wasn't able to go to school before, you know, he just, his mother had to carry him everywhere. His mother had malaria when we were there. She still did our laundry, did our, like, and would carry him around in the middle of the night um, to take, you know, now he's walking. So, and, Ben, when you're there, and I know Max is there with a the camera just getting in the way, but when you're <laughs> there, are you there doing, uh, working in the clinic or are you there just supervising? Like, what are, what are you doing while you're over there? The, you know, the best way to describe it is, um, you know, there's always something happening. And if, if, if you have some downtime, just try to do something else and something's going to happen. I mean, you know, try to sit down on your computer and type something out because somebody's going to run up to the clinic with a bite or somebody's going to say, hey, there's a, a cobra at our neighbor's house. And so there's always something going on. And the highest priority is treating bites. So, you know, we were always in communication with the clinic and if a bite came in, then they would call us and we would stop what we were doing and go to the clinic. Um, but other than that, you know, I loved it because I got to help the herpetologists out, you know, looking for, for snakes to get venom samples from. So, you know, if there was, uh, no active bite being treated or if, if the bites were all stabilized, then, then we were out herping and, like Max was saying, you don't have to go far to herp. You can you can walk out the door of the clinic or of <laughs> where we're staying. And yeah, and uh, you know there's um, there's mango trees everywhere, and it turns out green mambas love mango trees because the mangoes bring in the birds, and and so the mambas just hang out up in the trees and and wait for birds to come. So, uh, and which is how people get bitten, right? Picking picking fruit and and doing agricultural mm -hmm. work, but um, you know, if it was, uh, you know, treating bites, helping the, the herpetological team or, um, you know, and other medical conditions would come into our clinic and, and, you know, obviously we're not going to turn anybody away if they have other issues, you know, whether it's malaria or, um, you know, wounds or things like that. We saw a lot of scorpion stings, actually. That's one of the other challenges is, you know, somebody's walking in the dark and they feel something you know, poke their foot and they have severe pain. 
or some neurologic symptoms, you have to differentiate. Is this a scorpion or is this a, you know, a cobra? So you watch them, you, you know, you check um, blood work if you're worried about a viper bite. Um, but after a period of time, it's usually easy to tell what, you know, this is probably a scorpion, not, you know, um, a snake where we need to give antivenom. But, uh, you know, we spent time working on the clinic, stocking the clinic. Um, there was always something to do, um, in other words. And so you, you try to prioritize what's the most important task at the time and, and do that. And then, you know, do whatever else you can when you're, when you're not so getting the, bites. The bottom of that list is making sure that Max stays alive. <laughs> I mean, when when Ben thought he had downtime, I'm like, "Hey, come hold my flash." <laughs> and <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like I, no, I, I, a lot of my photos wouldn't be nearly as good if it weren't for Ben, because you know, it's just you know, getting that extra angle or different things like that. Yeah, that, I paid that, it back. I gave him that, his a uh, cobra photo. That, so that normal ball python is going to be on the cover of the next National Geographic. <laughs> well, I mean, if you look it's at Reptiles just a normal... magazine, it's just you know. It's, yeah. uh, it's also that, one picture I mean, now. That was so cool to see ball pythons crawling around in the wild, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, something, you know, I've seen since I was a kid, obviously. And, and you know, but now you're in their native their habitat. And, yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of so, cool. <laughs> oh, I think so, it's yeah. really, like, got, I, I can't wait to go to Australia and go chase bearded dragons and shit. Like, I'm I'm so excited about doing that. But, but again, you you see something that you've, you, we take for granted again in the United States, like the ball python on every table of every show, but seeing something in the wild is Ben, you have to understand that we're just fucked with Max, right? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, no, that's of course. yeah. Well, we I'm, all love Max. I'm, I'm but, not. Uh, well, <laughs> so, so Ben, but, I got two questions. But no, it is cool. It is cool. I got two questions. We talked about percentages of, uh, of snake bites and deaths and all that. How many bites does that one clinic see in a year come through the door? So it's, it's between 500 and 800 bites oh shit a year wow which is i mean that's an incredible number and you know again one of the things that makes guinea unique and and kindia unique is the the percentage of of neurotoxic bites so the mambas and the cobras uh it's a relatively high percentage you know anywhere 20 to 30 percent in other parts of africa the vipers definitely predominate and and so you know if you get into slightly drier areas you're seeing mostly saw scaled vipers and puff adders and which are still you know a problem and and you know uh definitely can be deadly like the the neurotoxic bites but the the neurotoxic bites present some additional challenges like max was saying with with airway management you know it with uh with a mamba bite obviously you have less time i mean you're dealing with you know hours um, if, you know, if you're lucky and the way the venom works, it, um, it causes fluid release from your airways. So you start, you know, drooling and getting fluid buildup in your airways, and then you start getting paralyzed. So you're full of fluid and then you're unable to swallow, you're unable to breathe you aspirate. and that can lead to death in, you know, two to four hours, that sometimes terrifying. Sooner. It's really mamba venom is like nature's uh, nerve gas, really. I mean, it is impressively toxic stuff. And so uh, that makes the area unique. Um, again, there's lots of cobra bites and, and you know, the forest cobras are common. The, the black neck spitting cobras are common. Mm -hmm. 
the the envenomation syndromes they produce are, are really quite different from each other. The forest cobra is more of a, a neurotoxic venom. It, it, it causes paralysis, not as much of the fluid buildup as, as with mamba bites, but you still, still see it in their it, lips and their eyes. Yeah. yeah. You start seeing paralysis from, from your uh, head progressing down. And when it gets to your diaphragm, you know, and you stop breathing. Um, but yeah, cobra bite victim, you know, forced cobra bite victim, they can't open their eyes. They, they have trouble moving any of their facial muscles. Um, then, you know, when it starts hitting the diaphragm, which is like the, the cobra bite Max was talking about, he, when he came in, he was, um, he was shutting down and, um, you know, without antivenom, the best chance they have is putting in a breathing tube, breathing for them, which yeah. is, uh, is a big deal there. I mean, that basically means somebody has to, um, bag, you know, how you have the bag yeah. attached to a breathing tube. Somebody has to do that for them. Manually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Manually. Um, and if they don't get antivenom, that that's going to be days, weeks that someone has yeah. to breathe for them, which is just not practical. I just yeah. did the math but, and, uh, and based off the numbers, just for everybody else, prior to the clinic, you're talking r- roughly 180 to 200 people a year dying from snake bites. If it's 500, 600 bites. And then after the clinic, you're talking 17. People. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or less. Yeah. That's crazy. And most, of the, mm-hmm. most of the people who die get to the clinic too late. And yeah. you know, the, Again, we take patients from a large area. The transportation is very difficult. Most people arrive on the back of, you know, motorcycle or scooter. Which is hard enough to like to sit on the back. Like when I had my backpack, you know, it, it took a lot of Especially while losing feeling and the ability to control your muscles. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. So if somebody's, you know, um, wow. in, in, a, in the throes of an envenomation, like getting that when um, I, I posted for Giving Tuesday, Fatuoma, who showed up. And she had ridden 60 miles on the back of that thing. Damn. Usually what they'll do is they'll have the the motorcycle operator. They'll put the patient right behind them. And then a third person to sandwich the patient in. So that they don't fall off. So they don't fall. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, if, um, if they get there too late and it's a mamba bite or a bad cobra bite, a lot of times, you know, they might be dead when they, when they show up. Oh gosh. So So what is, what's the general feeling regarding snakes in that region by locals uh, is it are they revered or are they respected uh or is it so, something like rednecks in texas like they're <laughs> gonna shoot with my shotgun right or I, is it is it you know understanding that they're part of nature um there are definitely people so i talked to salu about this um in my interview where um when i get it fully translated and out you know he he talks about you know it's like people really respect nature around but they do you know generally snakes are killed there um but it's it's not like they go out you know hunting for them but it's just like because Mm -hmm. of like the commonality it's um i guess they they have a better understanding that trying to kill a snake can get you killed you know like if a redneck is trying to kill one with a shovel you know and he gets bit you know he's just gonna have a really bad day most likely There, it's like, you know, you give them the distance and you get somebody professional. And so um, that's why, you know, that's why education is a very big part of what the foundation tries to do, because, you know, the the education is like, it's kind of like your car. Preventative maintenance is always cheaper than fixing the issue after it happens. Yeah. Um, 
so we do things like we have a giant poster in the clinic of of the snake so we can help try and diagnose you know like okay well what, what actually bit you you know describe mm-hmm. the snake and um which usually works out pretty well unless there's a gecko behind it yeah. um yeah. yeah we had a gecko um r- run back and um we were like put that but uh but yeah so um but yeah just because when you know you're, you're in, in a sense you're already kind of behind the curve getting to the clinic because there's no stop signs there. There's no stoplights. Your main communication is horn. And you, you say, know, you'll you say whoring horn, just oh, like okay. a honking, you know, you honk and you me, flash me. the lights. Ho- and I would mean, have been a very weird <laughs> way of communicating. <laughs> yeah, well, wrong. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean the best way the traffic can be described is it's an organism and it just works. And I think Ben yeah. told me that, or Jordan told me that. somebody told me that, but yeah, it's, um, it's terrifying at first. I mean, when you come in to the country and start driving and you see the number of pedestrians and the number of scooters just on the street and people running across the street and the cars and the trucks are not going to stop. And, but everybody kind of knows that the pedestrians know, okay, I got to get across the road because they're not going to stop. And it sounds like New York, doesn't it, Katie? A little bit. You, <laughs> mm-hmm. you would expect to be seeing accidents all the time but we really didn't i mean yeah. it, i watched those videos that you showed like india oh yeah and those intersections oh, yeah like, how it, they're just used to it and they we do. can't we and can't figure our shit out here I before know. we stop no, it's like yeah, the we, worst we, game of frogger ever like yeah. we asked but so I, I the reason i was asking about yeah. their reverence for snakes i know that there are some cultures that you know revere snakes and understand mm-hmm. it but my thing was going to what Max was headed towards was the education part of it. What is there more outreach besides just running the clinic that's letting people know this is what you need to do if you do see this? Because we know a lot of bites are accidental, but there are still going to – I don't care where you're at. There's going to be idiots that try to catch snakes. It's just part of it. It, it doesn't matter what country you're in. Um, is there more education going on in a broader area than what you guys are at right now? We – Hey, Go man. ahead, Ben. No, Max, be quiet. Well, I was going to yeah. say, I think by by us being there, you know, the, one of the first things we try to do is engage with the community and let people know, hey, we're here. We, we're here to treat bites, but also if you see a snake, let us know and we'll come get it out of your, your property. And, and, and then that always uh, involves some education too. We tell the people, hey, this is what this snake is. And, you know, this one's not dangerous or this one is dangerous. And, um, I would say most people were genuinely interested in the snakes. I didn't see a lot of, um, you know, what I would call undue fear from the people. And, and it was actually kind of cool to see the, you know, most of the kids knew what a ball Python was and they That's would, cool. you know, it's like the kids that came in, you know, they brought us a ball Python, just balled up in their hand and said, Hey, look what we found. And That's so I so do cute. think <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, that. it was, it, it was that was like right after we we extracted venom from the black mamba the kids walked up with this python and it was like you know what a great day you know yeah but, um, cool. but uh and I, you know as far as reverence or or mystique the black mamba definitely is at the top of that list i mean people i think that is worldwide honestly yeah i mean it's it, it was interesting you know talking to our, the local herpetologists about, you know, going out and looking for snakes. We really wanted to find a black mamba. We, we, we know they're there. 
we, the clinic sees bites that fit that picture every year. And, you know, people might give a description of something that seemed, you know, is consistent with the black mamba, but um, nobody's ever caught a live black mamba in the country of Guinea that we know of until our team, right before Max and I got there, one of the Ghanaian herpetologists found a live black mamba and captured it. He didn't even, you know, he, he had never seen a live one. So he uh, didn't know what it was and he captured Mm -hmm. it brought it back to the clinic and that snake had a different level of mystique, even among the, you know, the senior herpetologists, they, they treated it differently. And they, before they captured this one, they said, yeah, we don't want you looking for black mambas. They're too, too fast, too dangerous. It's bad, Mm -hmm. you know, bad juju to go messing with black mambas. We've had, um, we, we have dead ones um, that are preserved there. So when, you know, dead ones are uh, found, uh, so some DORs, uh, different things like that, but, uh, but yeah, um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and plug the ASF page. If, um, if anyone listening isn't on the social media there, uh, because Nobby, the guy who caught it, his story of catching it is remarkable. Cool. Uh, you know, it, it, it's one that when I, when I put it out, I'm, I'm, there's a lot, I'm very excited to tell people and show people, but you know, you get, with we the, know Max. With the we algorithm, know. um, it's, yeah, with the algorithm, you got to give everything we, its time. We, we know <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Max so, is excited about his interview. We are too, Max. Yeah, I mean, Nobby's a he's a beast. Those guys are amazing. I mean, being there watching these guys climb forty or fifty feet up a tree in the middle of the night with a flashlight and a to snake catch hook, a snake that can kill you to catch a mamba <laughs> crazy i do right? not understand this unbelievable yeah. um you know that's it, awesome so yeah. ben prior to the, all this were you a doctor who looked into the not luck but got into this or are you a reptile person who also was a doctor so i caught my first snake when i was three years old and i have never uh, the interest has only grown over the years. So yeah. uh, I grew up herping. And uh, when I was in college, I was really torn between becoming a herpetologist or going into medicine. And you know, ultimately, I decided I can go into medicine and I'm never going to leave this hobby. You know, this is something I can do forever. And I can merge these interests. And, and uh, awesome. you know, it's it's worked out great. I mean, there's, you know, times where... And, and, you know, w- w- with this trip, it's, you know, I kind of get to play herpetologist, right. And help, help out the real herpetologists and at the same time do the medicine. And so it's, uh, it's really re- rewarding. Then you get stuck with jackasses like Max following you around all the time. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Lewis. Somebody's advocating for me. No. I miss you. Miss you, buddy. I oh yeah. You. Yeah. I, I, so it was my son's first birthday. Couldn't make the Conroe show, but. Um, I, I think that worked out really well because y'all could fundraise for Malia. Um, we did, and I, but I, you know, I want to get back to where we're doing, you know, the ASF stuff at, at some of the shows. I really like to get a presence in at some of the, you know, all of our shows in, in Louisiana are venomous shows, right? Um, every single one of them. So I'd really like to try to get a presence at like maybe Slidell or something like that to try it. Right, out. and I, I know um, Brent's out that way, but you know what, Brent. Brent's, uh, Brent's have... in like he was in Lake Charles. I mean, he came. Um, well, he, he but... might have that thing going for him. Which, yeah, um, yes, he's, he's, I know yeah. about that. He yeah, yeah, so. everything's oh, good. Good, yes. he did pass it, he aced it, 
he's going to nail the interview. And no, one knows, awesome. and no one else knows what we're talking about. So, uh, no, so I'm, I'm very happy else. about that. But, ben, ben, I'll tell you here in a minute. But, but he won't be in, he, he doesn't, that's not going to be his area where we're at in Slidell. I'm talking about doing some fundraising like right, we did right. at Conroe. So that's something where we need a presence in that we area. We just need too, somebody yeah. better than Max to come man a table, though. Yes, yeah. Max well, doesn't I, stay I, I mean, the table. I was going to say, it's not that Max can't run the table max physically does, does not stay in one spot or he sleeps it's, it's, under max is needed table. for six it's, different things it's and the, but are you no are it's you? no it's really bad when it's max and brent and neither one of y'all can stay at a or table or he gives my 12 year old his camera and says here I go take pictures Hold on. remember awesome, okay i yeah and i have to <laughs> Okay, here, here's the thing: is I have to film certain things because they deserve being filmed, like Sean's kids not knowing who NSYNC is. That um, was greatness. That's not, it has to be filmed, you know, Still or pulling those two out with an electric scooter. Yeah, that was yeah, and you falling on the electric scooter. <laughs> yeah. How? Yeah. So, but that's that was before the show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. during the show, you're never behind your table. Never. No. Oh, yeah, well, ever, well ever. I also was collecting things. because yeah, Brent. 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 is Brent. Brent's never behind yeah, no, Brent. Brent's well, never there either. No. He's walking around socializing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's what Brent does. Drinking a beer, walking around. Yeah, that's just Brent. <laughs> so. We got to have uh, uh, dinner with Brent um, well, the Thursday before Lake Charles. He, oh, good. He lives there, so um, he got to come hang out with us for a bit. So he's supposed to come hang out here. He's supposed to come stay at the house and stuff for a few days, but. You know, he's busy building yeah. stuff, tearing stuff up, building fences. But yeah, I would like to get some kind of presence of ASF at some of the shows in Louisiana for real to do some fundraising because we did really well at Conroe. We could do better if we had a, a permanent presence there and, yeah. and um, get something going because, you know, we, we always try to help you guys out. So And I don't know what uh, what sort of presence we have or like people y'all know up towards Denver, but we have the Denver Venom Conference coming up. So Which whether is so it's- strange to me. Yeah, which I because of the location, but yes. medi- medically, it's it's a it's a nice spot. I was um, gonna ask: I, is, is yeah. there like a large venomous presence in Denver? No, no. you okay. can't. You can't even own a hog nose in Colorado. But the the, the it, it it's kind of weird because but, treating yeah. snake bite, you you run into more medical people at these conferences. But yeah. as a uh, you know, as an avid herper, I I do think that more. Herpers should go to these. Oops, there goes my headphones. But more herpers should go to these things because when um, Kate Jackson and Jim Harrison and uh, Kristen Wiley show up, you know, you, you hear about things in captive collections that are super yeah. important. Exactly. And, um, well, and, and I, I I sponsored the Houston Venom Conference, but he could only get the date we had a show on, so I couldn't go. I remember right. that. That's right. Spencer owes me some shirts, by the way, I think. But um, yeah, we, we tried to help sponsor that too. And I had the hotel room booked and I think I gave it to Jennifer. Actually, Yeah, she went Jennifer and worked Jennifer and a couple it. other people mm-hmm. went and worked it for me because we had a show that weekend. But um, but Denver, I mean. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's also the weekend of the Great American Beer Festival, which is going to be pretty cool just because it's like there's going to be a lot of people there anyway. Um, Drunk but- people and venom. Uh, if if auctions are and any lots and drunk lots people in auctions, donate. That's well. true. Yeah, That's so true. it's that that might work out. A lot of drunk high people. Dude, I thought I was gonna get a contact high just walking the streets in Manhattan. Yeah. Whew. There was like, one day our girls what the hell were like, did I walk into? Our girls were like, <laughs> what is that smell? And all of us moms were like, just keep walking. All these skunks in New York. Pet skunks. The reason, um, 
the reason it's in Denver is um, one of the, one of ASF's founders is um, an ER doc and a toxicologist there in Denver, and gotcha. they've got the I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Rocky Mountain Poison Center, but it's um, one of the biggest poison centers in in the U.S. And um, they've always been really good at at uh, envenomation medicine. Uh, like Rick Dart is there, and some of the some of the other um, uh, toxicologists who've done a lot in in uh, cool. envenomation over the years. So, um, and I think there's there's pretty good herping actually in September in uh, Colorado, from what I hear. Oh yeah, so. I've been out. I've I've been out looking for stuff all over Colorado. Red Rocks yeah, area. So, I love going out that way. So uh, I just um, want to go ahead. I was going to say on the, on the topic of conferences too. Um, Venom Week is an awesome conference. If if you guys have never been to that, that's every two years. And uh, next year it's in here in North Carolina. Um, so yeah, the, what, are the, I, what, what, what are time the, of the year? Yeah, what what are the dates for next year for North Carolina? It'll be June of next year. Hey, that's for the summer. I was about to say we yeah. have relatives in North Carolina. We can do this. It would Where be great at if more, in North Carolina. More people from the herb community went to some of the Venom conferences. Yeah, there's it, it's a lot more than just boring medical stuff. You know, there's you don't have the exact that. dates on that. Uh, I don't have it right now, but um, if you if you search for Venom Week, that's um, what James okay. is doing. Twenty twenty. <laughs> What's the location in North Carolina? It'll be uh, Raleigh, Durham. Even area. better. That's where the family is. Yeah. I got family there. That's true. Uh, we are, but, let's see, we are June 1st and 2nd, Lake Charles, June 8th and 9th, no, no. Conroe, and June 22nd. All says the summer of 2024. It doesn't tell me. Longview and Rosenberg, June 29th. Oh, we just changed that one. So oh, you guys are like scheduled. Three. We have three shows in June. Yeah, there's not um, there's not specific dates on the website yet. Just a summer weekend. to yeah. be announced. Yeah, do it, do it the third weekend June. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a whole week. So yeah, I know, but I I have Conroe. June I know, but you don't have to be there the whole week. You could show up on like Tuesday, and then stay through the weekend. No, I mean, I'm gonna go. <laughs> or not. I'm gonna go the whole time. But I know I got Chicago at the end of July this year. I'll be Nobody speaking cares. at IHS. Um, They're actually letting you talk. Yeah, yeah. Have Have they people put met you. Yeah. What are you going <laughs> to talk about the ge- the gecko symposium? You don't even know what a gecko is. Uh, yeah. What 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 is a gecko? That's that's James Bergoglio's area. No. Um, sells, sells insurance. Insurance. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um. But uh. But no. I'll be talking about like snowmageddon, backup power, different things like that. Cool. How, how oh, you're trying done. to sell. He's trying to sell solar. I am not. not going to mention my own Get company. If anybody wants like, to buy solar, reach out to me. <laughs> so, we need to get some solar set up in Guinea. I mean, that would actually be... Yeah, no, we had power outages. And it's like yeah, was, in, in the middle of uh, uh, Ben and Jordan doing a... It was a spitting cobra into somebody's eyes. Power goes out and it's just like, oh, then, well... Then Max, you know, how about you fix that situation? Well, I asked and Flashlight. yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, hold on. Ben was just fine about- because he had the Phoenix lights and that is like turning on the sun when you turn on the flashlight. And then his headlamp was, you know, just as amazing. Are they like, like my- are they like Don Shore's setup bright? Oh no, these are <laughs> these are these old these are like the one I had in my I don't know if you ever saw the cave part whenever we had the walk-in cooler or the pet store we just had the light in there. Uh-huh. That light is the size of a basketball. That's an LED light 
that was like 180 watt LED light that was in that room. It literally like left a shadow on the wall when you turned yeah. the light on. Like, <laughs> so crazy. It was like, it was like a mini Hiroshima going off yeah. in there. It really was insane. But I think he's talking about the big flashlights that have, uh, I don't know what lumens are, but they're big LED clusters. They're probably like yeah. Speaking of LED, lumens. this is a great, great tie-in. Uh, <laughs> if anybody is looking for high-quality LED UVB bulbs, commercial. check out VivTech for their LED we bulbs. We know. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's not so funny now. <laughs> uh, you can use code GUMBO22 save 15% on your orders from order VivTech. Uh, he doesn't like that he was in second place for the the. the I, I got to be better than everybody else. He, so last year when they factored in the numbers, there was only one other. person. No, we were best. Were we the best? Oh, we the top best. one? Oh, just kidding. Then never mind. So again, oh, if you're listening to this, your, uh, please go order your discount code. Yeah, yeah your, if we had smart. the most people use our code. Huh. Yeah, go buy I some smart I'm, devices. I guess I'm gonna. Guess I'm gonna have to make one for Herb Shop. Then. No, you shut your mouth. Just, <laughs> just shut your mouth. Go buy smart Ryan devices and LED UVB bulbs from VivTech. I'll call Erica. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, no, reach out to Ryan. He'll he'll hey, he'll be able to help. Let's set up a herp shop uh, discount. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna message Erica and tell him that can't happen. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that just it tied in with the LEDs. Dude, oh, also I I forgot to say this earlier. Uh, our monthly giveaway. Anybody that uh, I'll mention again at the end of this, but what are you doing for the monthly giveaway? We're giving away these we're board, away games. Cool board games. We got all these reptile related. There's uh, hungry turtles them, instead of hungry hippos. Cool. And sh- if you win oh, cool. them and you don't want to keep them, just regift them. It'll be okay. Who doesn't want to keep hungry turtles? There's I, a th- I want the there's a 3D uh, snakes and ladders. Like they all came from five below. There's a Jurassic Park headbands game. Dino was, Doctor, which is like say, Operation. Something else. It's like Operation cool. by Dinosaur. So. Uh, so speaking of Jurassic Park, we were walking through um, after radio tracking the Green Mamba herping, and I was messing with, uh, oh, who was I talking to? Uh, with Kara, and I go, yeah, there's this uh, buddy of mine. Um, he's like a cross between a herpetologist and ornithologist, um, Dr. Hammond, and he said, uh, <laughs> if you play sounds then uh then the, the then the reptiles will show up and i start playing a velociraptor oh my gosh <laughs> you realize and it, it, she fell for it so hard because she was like i know that name and i was like yeah i was like john hammond yeah oh, God. <laughs> i mean some some of those places you almost expect to see a velociraptor oh i was like oh, that yeah. in, in hawaii i was like that the, i mean there were 100 where we were out on the big island in hawaii on the hilo side i've never seen ferns and palm leaves that massive like these ancient clusters of just massive plants i was like you really think a t-rex is gonna walk out of that i, uh, I saw and the how- dinosaur bones at the american museum of natural history John, were uh <laughs> were, were coconuts falling when you were there huh were coconuts falling when you were there coconuts falling when i was in hawaii yeah no so people dying from coconuts makes so much sense because when we were there the mangoes were falling Oh, and yeah. it was like every 20, 30 seconds, you just hear a mango hit the ground, hit, oh a, hit a metal roof, like just constant fruit yeah. falling. Um, That's so crazy. And it's like, why you don't buy mangoes when you're there. You just, you know. No, there there were there were mangoes like falling from the tree. There was a big mango tree in the downtown area by the market that no. they actually had a sign, please do not take the mangoes. And everybody would walk by and take the mangoes. Like it was just, that thing I was, hate it when was people huge. Mess, like don't listen to signs or mess with signs. It's yeah, man. They don't listen. Sure. They don't listen to signs. I hate when people don't listen to signs. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Story just, of my life. Or, yeah. or Secret Service. 
bench like never people ever, that don't follow directions. Hey, hey, that 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 happened, and I was invited so hard to Waco because there was another rally, and they were like, "Hey, Max, you coming?" I was like, "Thanks for the invite." <laughs> When's the next show you're coming to? Uh, I need to look at the schedule. Um, so. One of the next Texas ones. You're I'm not going to win there, Sean. You realize how unbearable he's going to be now Max that he's been owes to Africa? Me, Max owes me a commercial. Uh, yeah. Uh, is it is the shot finally done done to yeah. where it's filmable? Yeah, if you would have come, you would have seen filmable. it. Okay, well, it's like, it, first of all, they turned all their aisles sideways, and then they were like, okay, yep. now we're expanding, and it's going to double in size, and it's like, okay. Then why well, bother doing it now? Square foot. It's all done, ready to go. Caves open, everything. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Max. Yeah, All right. Like so now, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was actually going to ask Ben a personal question, and you do not have to answer this if you are not comfortable doing that. So, are, are you married? Do you have children? I am married and uh, three boys. So, how do they feel about you traveling to places like this where you could potentially die? Um, you know, it was uh, life insurance. It, it was definitely <laughs> a little. Yeah. Yeah, he, he dodged a bat. Like a bat yeah. flew right by him. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's, um, I mean, I've done uh, so many trips in the past to, to, you know, places to look for venomous snakes. And this is different. This was definitely different because of the, uh, you know, the, the level of snakes we were dealing with and, um, and just, you know, the other risks again, you know, malaria, traffic accidents, uh, you know, Ebola, all that kind of stuff. Um, Russians. But I think, um, you know, they, they know I don't do take crazy risks or anything like that. And, uh, what's the point and, of going then? Well, but being, you know, and they know I prepare really well for it. So right. it, it, uh, there was definitely a little bit of anxiety there, but, um, yeah. but the other thing is, you know, we had great cell service the whole time we were there. We could call back home anytime we wanted. I mean, that's, that's one of the funny things to me is you go to some of these other countries. Like I, I've been to Borneo before I've been to, you know, uh, Indonesia and you can be on the side of a mountain and your cell phone works, you know, yeah. and better than and in Pearland, Texas, better than in, oh, yeah. US I, in many places. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I had better cell service than I, than I do at Sean's house. Yeah. Well, nobody has cell service in my house. In the country. <laughs> and I knew I was, the other thing is I was going with good people. So right. that, that makes, makes a difference. difference. That does. I mean, well, and, well, minus Max. Yeah. And I bet. And how long have y'all been married? So. Oh, We're just all up in your business. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. There's a level. There's a level of of, of she wants to get rid of him. him. She's like, yeah. thank God, and, he's gone. And, yeah, right. and understand you know, that he knows up what the he's life doing. insurance a little bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That you know what you're love doing. Love you, but if you don't come back, it. it's okay. So after at, at 18 years, day, I'm like, oh, you're working a nine to five. Bye, have fun. <laughs> yeah, Lori. If, if I said, hey, I'm going to Australia to go chase, you know, whatever, she'd be like. Just don't die. Just go right. have fun, but just right. don't die. And I'm like, I'll try not to, but, well, but she's going to let me go because she knows that it will make me happy. Puff, you know? Yeah. Well, Ben found a four foot puff adder. And if you see his picture of it in situ, it's like, there, there's definitely some pucker factor knowing like mm. how many, you know, you've passed. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, was well, going to walk right by it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's a big part of it. Dude. But it's adrenaline rush too. And I'm sure when you see a, guy climbing 40 feet up in a tree barefoot with a flashlight now what happens when he gets a hold of the mamba up in the tree that's what does he like you'll have to wait and see the video the shit down, like. <laughs> in a bag go in a bag and drop it on max yeah, yeah these guys are i mean they're pros they're not slow in trees either no no yeah 
God. They're super fast in trees. So how long you're, were y'all there? Two weeks. Yeah, about two yeah. weeks if you include travel time, um, which was, I think, enough time for us to get a lot accomplished. Of course, I think we wish we would have had more time, which makes us want to go back. Always. So is there yeah. always a crew rotating in and out there? Usually this time of year, we'll rotate crews in and out because this is the start of the rainy season when the bites mm -hmm. really tend to pick up. And um, so the, there were, the first group went out and then we followed them. And then the third group is getting ready to go very shortly, like within a, a week and a half. And um, and then, you know, we're already talking about doing some things in the fall, trying to get uh, uh, another trip together. But again, the, you know, the, the cool thing is that um, you know, there's always the, the local docs and, uh, nurses there who can communicate with us. And, um, it's, there's not, as far as I, there's not a gap in the ability to treat these bites when we're gone. Gotcha. That's, we that's what I was to, going with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Bring, you know, and, and the, the overall goal is to get the clinic completely self-sufficient to where, um, you know, our involvement can, can lessen over time. And then we can work on doing this elsewhere and yeah, that'd be good uh, and we're getting Laurie, there Lori, just just I'm going to africa <laughs> <laughs> she said cool yeah, yeah i mean I'm just sure you know just I'm going, be, to, I'm going to africa to, <laughs> you know being able to walk out of our clinic and you know find a big chameleon on a tree i mean that was cool right i mean yeah that's that's that'd be cool to me too yeah, so he, I mean, we have James is bored. He can can't talk. Can so. y'all see him moving all this shit? Around I saw. Too? Yeah, I see him. Oh moving I didn't know. I didn't I know. I could he do can't that. talk. So. He, well, so he's um, also changed how it's laid out on our screen here. We have a huge television screen that it's on. Yeah, and he's like, you guys are taking up the yeah. whole screen now. And oh, this yeah. is kind of it's Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch as well. Yeah, getting dizzy. But yeah, Ben mentioned the the chameleons and. We had a what we called a chameleon tree just outside the clinic, mm -hmm. and there were so many baby chameleons on it. Was like, it a uh, citrus tree by chance? Some um, sort of fruit tree? Uh, a beginning of a palm tree. A palm tree. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, it was real sharp. So I think the chameleon laid its eggs, you know, kind of in the mm -hmm. uh, the the trunk Prong. of it. And walking by, it's like you see three chameleons here. You see two. So I was counting chameleons making bed hold my flash again. And, um, that's, and that's pretty interesting that they'd lay the eggs in, in the top because most well, it's not so much species... in the top. It's like in the, in the trunk, it's like how it branches out along the, uh, the um, nooks and crannies along the side. It's just like gotcha. down in there. So they, you know. so they wouldn't go all the way to the ground to bury them probably because the ants, they would try to keep them up in the trees. That's pretty interesting. I mean, it, 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 now it, and what I species didn't see of the eggs. Uh, it was uh, graceful chameleons. Well, it could oh, be, it could really be like, cool. um, I watched one of Dave Kaufman's videos when they went to Madagascar and they found the eggs were laid at the bottom in the, of the trunk in the sand uh -huh. and yeah. the babies climbed up into the, yeah, that's, that's what yeah. normal chameleons do. Yeah. They go to the bottom, lay their eggs in the ground, in the dirt right underneath the base of the tree. And then the babies go up. But yeah, a lot I, of the, a lot of the chameleons that you see will be in, especially babies will be in like fruit bearing trees or flowering trees because bugs are attracted to the fruit, rotting fruit, stuff like that. Which oh, there's no shortage fruit. of bugs. <laughs> yeah, I know, but just, just yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Palm but yeah, pretty cool. this, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there were, there were so many, it's like in the middle of us photoing them and counting them. It's like, I had one jump on my backpack and like, I found it in the clinic or Ben found it in the clinic the next day. He goes, is that a million on your back? And I'm like, what the heck? 
He's stressing out my baby. Yeah. Oh, look, her. That is going to be so loud on yours. He's going to get to the other side of the table and then what? Got to find him a girlfriend. No, we do not need to find him a girlfriend. Yes, you do. You're wasting his beautiful talents. No, I'm not breeding plants. I don't know if Benny can even see that. Ben's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that a squirrel? From here. He's like, where the hell am I? You opened yeah. my cage and did not feed me. I walk in the room and he just stares at me. Like, yeah, they're cool. He's my food, girlfriend. woman. Oh, get him that's a girlfriend. Awesome. That's all I am get for him. Nah. Anyways. One thing we didn't see was a live monitor lizard. I did want to see a Nile monitor, but um, yeah. we saw some dead ones on the road. But yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like the, I expected to see more cobras than I did, um, but I think it was just like whether it was you know luck, time of year, whether you know it's just it's one of those things that's like there is I already have plans on you know because I had certain plans of what I wanted to photo in my head anyway, mm-hmm. and there's certain things it's like you can go back so many times and it's always going to be different. It's always yeah. going to have something for you. Um, so no. what was the worst part of the whole trip? Real quick, what was the worst part of it? Um, Ben, I think you'll answer faster than I will. Yeah, being around Max, oh. that's obvious. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, really nothing. One, one, of, um, one of us got malaria and got really sick. Not Max mm-hmm. or I, but, um, but you know, we, uh, we were able to get, get him better. Um, okay, so don't laugh at me. Can you die from malaria? Like, what exactly does that do to you? You So adults usually don't die if you get um, medication and, you know, get IV fluids and things like that. But but a lot of kids die in, in developing countries from malaria. It um, the, the parasite gets in your bloodstream and lives in the red blood cells and then just bursts out of all the red blood cells. And, and so you end up getting really anemic because your blood cells get destroyed. And, and for little kids, that's pretty dangerous. Um, a lot of the people that live there, they, malaria becomes kind of a, um, a chronic thing in some ways. I mean, they, they'll get it, you know, year after year and develop some immunity to it. Is um, that a vaccine that you get before you go to places like that? So yeah, malaria, you get pills. Yeah. You take, if you take the right medication while you're there, it, it greatly cuts the risk. Um, and there's different types of medications. Some are more effective than others, but, uh, but usually if you're, if you're taking your malaria medication every day, you're not going to get it. Um, I think they're working on vaccines, but, uh, not widely available yet. Um, do you get this? But, Is this the uh, one you get from mosquitoes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Other than if, that, if, if you have sickle cell that you're, you're good. Cause it's, I think, you know, I mean, travel might've been the worst part, right? I mean, just, yeah. And even then it wasn't terrible. It was, but, you know, getting into the capital city, driving through the capital city, um, driving there is, is a, I mean, it's a process. It's a, you know, you can't say reliably, well, it's going to take two hours to get from here to there. I mean, it might be two hours. It might be six hours and it just depends on conditions and weather. Yeah. I mean, if a a semi turns over, then. I mean, when, when it's roadblock, it's, it's not like inching; it's standstill. Yeah. yeah. What the, the hell? But, uh, chameleon's messing up my my computer screen. Well, that's what you get for getting the chameleon out. 
I mean, I would say on my end, like the worst part Sorry. is because I'm, I don't have a medical background. So it's like, I'm not used to kind of like not the greatest turnouts, but you know, we, we had a boy come in and he was bitten in his sleep by a spitting cobra, Ugh. but he waited a week to go Ugh. for treatment. What? And yeah, he, he went to a natural healer and I mean, they, they lived mm. and it's just, so the turnout for him walking was not like it, it yeah. was just not a good turnout um we of course we did what we could and it's like we we helped um and ben can talk more on the medical end of things but it's like out. yeah but it's it, you know it's like that that's why that's the kind of thing to also fans of flame under under your gut because you're like i want to do the best amount of work i can to help prevent these things yeah um but yeah, I mean, for me, unquestionably, you know, medically, that was the worst thing yeah. to see was, yeah, I mean, this this kid and his family lived hours away. And so he got bitten by a, a spitter on the ankle and they initially came in a week later. And this was before we got there. And the, the docs said, you know, this is very late and a lot of damage has been done, but we'll try to give antivenom. Maybe there's a little bit of benefit. But after a week, there's not a lot of benefit. And yeah, it's already we saw the kid three weeks after that. And, uh, you know, he there's a very high likelihood he's going to end up losing his leg. Yeah. Uh, it was open to the bone, infected, ruptured tendons. Hmm. Um, and there's, you know, it, that wouldn't happen here. I mean, number one, somebody would get treated. Number two, they'd they'd stay in the hospital, they'd get surgery, yeah, exactly. they'd get, you know, but they're, they're, those aren't options. And, and so it becomes, you know, trying to minimize damage and trying to do what you can, but, um, you know, the, the, the docs, they're going to continue to treat him and, and give him antibiotics and do wound care, but there's, there's a high likelihood that he's going to require an amputation if, if, yeah, uh, and, and at best his leg won't, be functional, you know, yeah, if he keeps it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, to, that's to why we're and, doing this. Yeah. Yeah. To speak in layman's terms, like it takes a lot of muscle and tendon to even raise your foot like that. Right. And he just didn't have that. Ugh. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. You talk about what's, what's your favorite dinosaur? <laughs> I'm being serious. What's your favorite dinosaur? Who? Tuatara. Tuatara. That's my favorite nice. reptile. Not even reptile. <laughs> oh, hold on, Sean. Tuatar is Ben also Absolutely really favorite. likes looking for rocks and arrowheads. Y'all oh, need really? to link cool. up. Okay, so uh, if, we're, if we're doing subject changes, got a whole. I pulled a whole, almost a whole case out of the ground last week. Wow. And then Jeff Foxworthy was there. And yeah, he. Well, Jeff came the next day, so we were on the phone with Jeff Foxworthy the day we were there because he was at another dig and wasn't finding anything. And we were showing, I found a paleo paddle Wait, drill that's what? unbelievable. Yeah, I hear Texas, Texas has amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So an hour from my place is a, a, like the a friend of ours that has a place. Yeah. Yeah. He was so, out the day after we went fun out. Fun fact. His, we, we left a few things for him to find. His daughters were my campers when I was in college. Oh, really? The summer camp yeah, I worked he, at. He, he comes He's out He's a super Texas. nice guy. 
Yeah, he comes out to Texas and digs for artifacts. That's so cool. A few times right, a year. Cool. So since we're doing uh, subject changes, I'm going to get into one of the questions we posted this week. James, get him. He's so fine. He's I don't got, want him to fall. He's got <laughs> nails and toes and I'm tail. So he's going to fall. Anyways, the question I, I posed that got a lot of replies this week because of things going on in the last couple of weeks was, uh, what did you take on all the drama and the hobby lately between things like Morph Market, breeders being called out for their poor keeping, or anything else you've seen people getting upset about? Uh, I want to go through a couple of these and then, and then I want to talk, uh, with y'all about it. But, um, Derek Dykstra said it's business as usual. Uh, let's see. Ryan Cox said, I think it's the hobby finally policing itself and some people don't like it. In some cases that is, is true. Um, let's see. Shelby Lawrence said, I think some of it's a long time coming. Unethical breeders should 100% be called out. Uh, now some of the drama is just that and it gets us nowhere. So, and then Travis Wyman said, ask me why I've been moving more and more into obscure species and know that no one cares about. So no one bothers talking to me. That's, that's not why people aren't talking to you, Travis. Great. It's not the animals. Uh, there's been a, it, it's, so I, I posted, I was thinking it was Jared. Jared asked the other day on his uh, Facebook, you know, he apparently missed all the drama going on. He said, what's all the drama and all that. And, uh, and I basically said, there is no drama if you just take care of your animals, breed what you want, do your stuff. Because in reality, the drama and the hobby is like a small handful of people, but Facebook magnifies that. And then uh, people just want to jump in it because it's the whole Jerry Springer thing. It's a a mob mentality. Yeah. It usually becomes a mob mentality. And and I really don't want to dwell on this any, any longer than you want to James, but in, in, in my opinion, it's something that it happens behind the scenes constantly. We see it. We've been in this long enough. I've been in it long enough to see it come and go. Um, every time, anytime there's a big change to a platform like Morph Market or something like that, any other platform, there's always going to be people who disagree and don't, you know, don't want to follow. But it's it's completely up to them. You have to keep your head focused on what's most important, and that's the care of the animals, right? Um, so the there's two sides of this whole thing is do we oust this known animal abuser and just rip him to shreds and which we've always known that he's been an animal abuser and he's never been allowed at our shows any not a single one um the problem is but he, but we bring the light is which animal the abuser because there's been several animal abusers that have been brought up lately <laughs> well we we know the one the main one that we're talking about though and and then to that point though we're shedding light on some of the bad parts of our community, which enables the animal rights activists to gain more ammunition against us. So yeah. it's a two, it's, it's a, you know, it's a catch 22 regardless. You need to police, we need to police ourselves, but we don't need to be so public about it. I think, I think those people just need to be silently just blacklisted and say, you know what, if the show, if this show doesn't want to ban them, it, it, that's up to you guys to ban that show or not. If this promoter doesn't want to do this, he's a horrible person. If this promoter wants to do this, he's a hero. It doesn't need to be like that. We keep ourselves out of the spotlight of, of the animal rights activists. Yes, that stuff needs to be known, but it's known. You know what I'm saying? Now we're beating a dead horse with it. Um, we are not. I'm wearing my U.S. art shirt for a reason. We are not unified in this reptile community at all. We have different opinions, but we have different opinions on what we breed, what we feed our animals, what kind of lighting we use. We do we don't agree on anything in our community period down to the most minuscule thing. But if you're, if you're harming animals and you're intentionally, you know, um, 
hurting animals or you're hurting customers and you're hurting people and you're scamming people. Yes, you need to be called out, but you don't need to be called out so publicly, I think. Get blackballed, disappear. The people who actually matter in this community know that that's there and they're going to take that those steps to make sure that that person doesn't do well. There's always going to be workarounds. These This guy that we're talking about is going to have, he's got so many other followers. He'll just sell them snakes and they'll pop up at a show in a different company name and you'll never, ever know. So it's happened before. With the several things that have happened, the the Morph Market thing, I don't mind the changes that have been made to Morph Market as far as certain people being taken off of there because I think the general public who may find Morph Market and use it don't tend to know who they, who they should and should not get stuff from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've said this before. I just wish Darian would just be quiet. That's no, why Darian's like, not quiet. Hold I, on, but hold on. You, that's your opinion. Darian's not quiet. Darian's not quiet because here's the thing. Darian has been this way since I've known him. Oh, I, I, I realize before, it. I just, before he, before he was ever morph market, but he actually has really good intentions. I get yes, that. And, and, but, it's not your business. It's not my business. It's his business. No, I get it. Has, I just, if he wants to make political opinions, it's up to him. He's not going to, you're not going to make everybody happy. Look what we do. We're not going to make everybody happy. You're uh, going to have people who love you and people who hate you. It doesn't matter what your intentions are. And I get that. I just wish shut up sometimes. I mean, I mean, that's fine. I tell you, shut up all the time. Yes, chime in. I think they're like, especially so many people live in such a bubble, and I can like, I can only just encourage so much. It's like get out of your own bubble, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, uh, uh, you know, I maybe I have post Africa syndrome, but it's like everyone has their own set of problems. <laughs> yeah, they're valid, but it's when you get them put in perspective. There is so much good you could be doing. You know, yes. Why could the energy why? that we're wasting on fighting people's opinions could be used to strengthen our community? Is 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 the way I feel. You know, there's so many people that have to voice their. I get it. Voice your opinion. Free speech. Don't care. But the people who want to denigrate you and just beat down on people who just don't have the same opinion, I have no time for them. I have my own opinions about stuff. I pretty much keep my business and personal stuff separate. Um, Darian has a voice. He's using that voice in this platform to tell people how he feels. That's that's his right. You don't have to follow him or not. He advertises more than anybody on the face of the planet. He's going to advertise more for Morph Market and do more for Morph Market. He's going to keep growing it, and there's going to be people that come and go. There's going to be people that come and go in any industry. We have it with vendors. There's vendors who don't agree with the way we do things. There's vendors who love us absolutely for everything we do and they help us, right? You're not going to make everybody happy. Because he has a voice, people are mad at him? No. So what? I have an opinion too. If I choose not to voice it publicly, that's my that's my, that's my my right. But he also has the right to voice his publicly. He has the right and I have the right to say it annoys the shit out of me. Not all this stuff. Like I said, well, the changes he's hey, made, I'm okay with. Don't, and James, uh, here's the thing. No, wait, Scroll stop. Past- James, listen. Scroll past it. I do, Scroll but again, he's in a position where he took over a business. Yes, and there's a certain way you should carry that yourself you when you run a business. In that you think there's a certain way that you think you should carry. He should carry. Himself. So, in the early '90s, there was a book written by WWE um, called "Controversy Creates Cash." You know, there's a couple different like it, like 
as much attention as it's gotten in a way that's free advertising. His numbers are up. Whether you agree or disagree, you know, it's like, like this. But he's very unapologetic. He's not, this is, and here's the thing is there's so many people that never knew who Darian was. And I've known him forever. Like I've known him for a long time. Right. And he's never held back anything. If he has an opinion, he's going to voice it. He has no filter. He's going to tell people how it is. And this is how I feel. Now he's on a much more public platform because of Morph Market, how what Morph Market is. But if you've ever followed back when he was just running this first dubia.com page, it was the same way. Exactly the same. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. The the hit the overall perception of him has changed and more people know who he is. Yes, that has changed. But Darian is just being Darian, man. And yeah. you love him or hate him. I mean. He, he he does have really good intentions and it, could he have gone too quickly and made some some rash decisions yeah but he's trying to make a change that we need that's positive well like so look, i agree that the one breeder that came out and uh his group of people basically put threats against darian that that was messed up yeah uh, and you know and, what's and that, funny? And that person handled himself poorly yeah, as far yeah. as a business like that is not well, how you handle he, yourself here's, as a business. here's the thing though that person and Darian have spoken on the phone and he is no longer banned from Morph Market and they have kissed and made up basically. They're done with their stuff. It's the people who follow along those other people, like those Samson followers and the other God. guys' followers. Those are the people that they're having trouble with. So Samson is when the you other- go when you go after when you actually go after a business that you're advertising on to get it shut down, you're not just you're not hurting the owner, you're hurting every other user on that platform that's trying to make a living that is absolutely the root of this whole thing well especially when no the one person trying sees, to do that was not handling themselves in a profession, professional professional way either but, but there's that's a whole other story that's that's like the perception thing again but the thing is is that that's the root of our problem we would rather destroy one person cuz he made us a, a horrible comment and risk the Everybody else, it doesn't matter. Like all those people that are sellers on that platform who put money and time and, and into those and selling their animals that feed their families, right? You're going to get their entire site shut down because you had a disagreement with the person who owns the site. That's that's the point. Is that's so no one, petty? Oh, it was. It? it was petty. So that's 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 the root of this. And we I- are not together as a community to understand that me going after that one person. It just the Facebook page, the Instagram page, all that stuff to get it all shut down because you're mad at them because you had a disagreement and you didn't agree with their decision. You're hurting every single other user on that well, platform. And the We're people sending thousands. The people sending death threats and stuff to them. Yeah, over, that's just people I will, overselling, warriors overselling snakes yeah. online. I've had I've had a I've had a vendor we banned threatened to kill my daughters and my wife. No kidding. I, I, and I, if I, I ever saw him, somebody I got death threats as I, well. We, yeah, Max did when he was doing the roundup. But what gets so, me yeah. about people overreacting in the hobby is mm-hmm. snake breed, reptile breeding. I get that it's a job for a lot of people, but it's not. Uh, I'm gonna lose. It's not a real thing. Like we, James, we made it, we made it a thing. James, it is. But it's it's fourteen fourteen billion I get, I dollar industry in the United States. No, but you don't. You're talking you're about hobbyists. No, James, but you don't want to be a breeder. No, but you're talking about the fourteen billion people, is a is a very yes. small part of the 
the whole doesn't thing. Matter. There are people that survive by by breeding and selling snakes. I get That's it. how not, they feed. Their I'm not family. saying they don't. I told you. I, I get that. What I'm saying is that a lot of these people that freak out about this stuff are freaking out about something that is not a real thing to freak out about. There's no actual. There's no viable drama. Now, look, the thing with Samson, that's a huge thing. That's an animal rights thing. Oh, that's horrible. And that's yeah, been an animal rights animal thing rights since thing. he got busted for dogfighting. Um, and certain other shows who have not made a firm step yet need to keep him from being at shows just for the fact that the general public who yeah. buys the majority of animals don't know any better. They, they, they show up and see a guy who has a table full of snakes. They think he's an expert in that thing. They yeah. don't realize he's animals he's killing shit left and right 100 percent, and that's what i was saying that there, there's going to be a workaround for that you know what i'm saying there's going to be oh, i know like that guy's animals are going to show up on other people's tables and nobody's going to know nobody's and i'll say on know. the social media side of things i'll quote ben on this is when i'm glad i missed most of it because i didn't have to be on my phone the way ben put it is do you know how nice it was to spend a couple weeks not seeing biden or trump in the news cycle yeah <laughs> I it, actually didn't like, see any of this that went down. I know I didn't see a single. Yeah, you said I was you out digging. digging. Yeah, I was digging for arrowheads. I and got like home and my your phone mental exploded. energy Whoa. is just—it's so much better and so much more clear. And like you know, the, the more you try and you know, obviously there's a reason to advocate for certain things, but there's also a reason to not sit there on social media compare. Like, yes. have you ever changed your mind on Facebook in the comment section? Hundred percent. No, no, I have. I say I absolutely have. have. I've absolutely, I've absolutely seen someone give me a perfect rebuttal to an answer that I was dead set on, and then I'm and like, like hmm, I let me never, think about this. Ever thought about that? that oh, way. I have a hundred percent, hundred percent. Happens all the time. Well, Max, you're Max, like, I'm gonna change my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, no, mind. I think that's how James <laughs> no, feels too. I've, no, I, it's hard I to change just, my mind just, when I'm right. I don't know what you're talking about. The thing, the thing is, is that this, this is a very, I like with. I said, it's a very, very fine line between okay, we out everybody that's ever you know, been, uh, killed an animal or something, well, or, you know, like, or do we, cause you know, you know that this is going to go mainstream. A news station is going to pick this up because everybody's sharing it everywhere. And what you're going to have PETA all and HSUS all over us again, they're going to be sharing this stuff on their social media pages. We're giving them ammunition. But at the same time, Weston winter said it perfectly. It has to be done. It's going to hurt us for a while, but we have to police ourselves and we have to get it done. Well, that's where people like yourself and other shows with someone like Samson need to not have him in a show that puts him in the public light. That needs to take that money, that revenue away from him. Then also all the show contributors communicate with each other. They don't have to. Everybody knows who Samson is. No, but what I'm saying is, but what you're saying is that they would all need to like. We try. I mean, I mean, oh, he okay. talks to several. Yeah, but so that's why. So like, Darian Spins took him off. Darian took him off Morph Market, and yeah. so Darian took him off Morph Market. That's a huge part of revenue that's gone from him. Take him away from shows. That leaves him like fucking Craigslist. Now, granted, like Sean well, said, you're going to no. have people sneak him in. Yep. The, the people are going to sell yep. his shit, but you got to try and limit it as are, much as possible. Exactly. And we, you know, at one point we found out that another vendor, right after I'd banned him, signed up for a show. And planned on bringing his animals, and she got banned too, right along with him. Yeah. But she's one of the ones that worked for him for a long time. That supposedly is going to come out with her side of the story too. That she quit finally, but she was implicit in all of it 
for years and years and years. So no I know the I know that drama gets sexy because there are a lot of bad vendors on that. But I think the you know it's kind of like herping. You might find something when everyone's looking one way, and you turn around and look the other way. Yeah, uh, you, you might find something really nice. So it's like we also need to make sure it's like the things we share. It's like we need to show the awesome things going on in the community. So it's so like I made I made a I made a post about that. Actually, literally, you were probably in Africa somewhere, um, but I literally made a post. It's like just share something positive. It doesn't even have to be reptile really. Just something. Right. Well, I mean, helping helping Malia drain. with her. You oh know, yeah. Like well, that's. that's that's um, that's we it's, love Malia. it's amazing how you can rally together and do something incredible. She's back like in that. the hospital, by the way. Is she really? Oh wow! Yeah, she got infection. I was going to say she had Lori an infection that they were yeah, trying to deal Lori with. Lori talked to her today, I believe. So, so and the other big thing they hit in the last two weeks, trauma wise, was a different doctor, Ben, but Ben Morrill of Rare Genetics Inc. apparently <laughs> calls ball python people to lose their fucking mind when he actually figured out how <laughs> genetics work. Uh, yeah. so desert ghost, he realized, uh, it's possibly three, it's polygenetic and it's possibly three different genes working all at the same time, which explains how some people have bred heads to heads and got nothing, uh, because they didn't have these, they didn't have all three of those genes. Anyways, I, it was just funny seeing the post when that came out. Uh, and we talked about it a little before it came on. It's, Is that it's, the video you were watching yeah. the other night? Okay. It's so many people that don't actually understand genetics, but when you go to a reptile show, they want to, they they spout off all the words that they've heard. Not us, no, it's, it's, the cat. it's mimicry. They're 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 they've heard from this breeder. They heard from this breeder. They heard this is how this works. And when you break down like genetics and alleles and how they things work, like that's why I like leopard geckos so much. We had like four or five recessive genes, like truly recessive genes. Uh, everything else was either poly or dominant or incomplete dominant. I'd love to you ask know. all these people if they actually know what het is short for. I'm willing to bet a bunch of them don't know what means heterozygous. Oh God! Whenever I we we have a, a homo beige chinchilla in the store, and I tell them it's a homo beige, they're like, "What? It's <laughs> gay? What? How do you have homo a homozygous beige? It's a visual beige, like it's yeah. it only falls in love with beige color things. Yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody, I've seen so many memes about the Punnett square going around, and and it's true. When we taught that in genetics, you know, when we first were doing that in biology class, we learned how to use the Punnett square. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. There's not a lot of polygenes. James, you mentioned this earlier when we were talking. There's not a lot of polygenes in ball pythons. I don't I don't get involved in ball python genetics simply because there's 40, 50 different morphs that, that are brown. exactly exactly the same. If you broke them down genetically and did a DNA test, they're all exactly the same thing. They just have 50 different names for the same way to get there. This one's slightly you know? browner than the other one. So real quick, because the world wants to know... Have you talked about your eggs yet, James? Oh, I've not talked about my ball python. Your I'm, ball python eggs? Ours yes. hatched. Uh, so, uh, one rotted. Gotta, uh, yeah. One. Normal. So, I went ahead and cut. So, I did something I thought I'll I would do. I'll give you 20 do. bucks if you eat it right now. No, oh, it's, it's in the garbage can. And it's got maggots <laughs> all over it. Uh, I never th- thought I would cut eggs, but because they were deflated and they looked fucking, I mean, they looked, all of them looked really we bad. We were told by multiple people to go ahead and put a slit. So I did, I did cut them the other day and look in and then kind of poked. And then three of them, they moved. And then one was mostly formed, but did not move. I later found out today it, it did not make it all the way. And then the other one rotted completely. I mean, it, I had it to, would. I had to finally pull them all separate today because it had maggots on it. And I'm like, we got to get rid of these maggots. And so I, I pulled it off. But the other three, I have cut a big enough window in it. I can see them. 
and uh, yeah. they can moving, come out. Moving, breathing. They're moving. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very confused, like, though. Genetics-wise, this is genetics what Genetics is very confusing. <laughs> I bred it. It well, was they're a, ball pythons, so it's confusing. <laughs> it was a it was a banana pied mm-hmm. to um, an inchy. So roughly half should have been banana. Not a single one is banana. Uh, and so I am wondering if they're not, if it, cause I never saw them breed. They were together, but I never saw it. So I'm actually mm-hmm. wondering if it's actually a parthenogenetic clutch. Uh, How is, did you get this snake as an adult or a baby? The one that you bred? The guy got them from adult as adults from a friend. Okay. So he had a tree fall on ever, his reptile room. So was it ever bred in no. the past couple of years that you know of? No. You sure? Yeah. They they can retain sperm. No, I know it. It wasn't. Mm. It was never bred. Max found a, a normal in the wild. <laughs> so it's a I, dinker. I saw Mike Schultz. It's a dinker. It's, a dinker. Yeah, it's, it's all dinker. Well, because all the all, all the ones we find, or like the main ones we have here, are all Benin and Togo. So it's like you have this whole other. Yeah. You know. Same thing with it's, leopard geckos. Well, we were I, dealing with different localities. I also, did we decide what phase to name that one, though? I mean, it was. It was I called it a different. yellow belly. Yeah, he said know. yellow belly. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was the, like, it, it had a higher yellow because it's got a, it's got some yellow. The other funny belly. thing about that rare genetics thing was seeing some people comment, and some like, someone like, "Oh, real convenient. This is all to help sell genetics tests." I was like, I, "What?" The guy just simply figured out stuff. He's a geneticist. No, he figured it, out genetics, well, and you're like, "No, it can't be real." There are people that are still figuring out African fat-tail geckos because everyone for the longest time treated them like leopard gecko genetics mm-hmm. because they look like leopard geckos. Well, they're from a different, they're they're from Africa. Yeah, they're their genetics actually. Here. Yeah, they, they Sean, actually work are you more like ball pythons. People still call Native Americans Indians. Mm, yeah, I yeah, know, but sucks, we're not it. talking about that at all, Max. <laughs> well, what it's like Max? you know they, hey, they treat fat tails like. Um, no, that's just how, because that's how we were dealing with A-males, stripes, normals. That's it. That's, you had three genes, right? With fat tails whenever I was breeding them that way back then. So it's changed now. There's so much more. And same thing with ball pythons. They're unlocking new stuff, but it's all the same. Like, well, you know, there, there, there are genes that in, in boas and in leopard geckos with, where the albinism alleles won't work together. Yes. You get two gonna, albino strains or different strains, and you get normals out of them. I feel like you're I'm, like, how in the hell does that work? That's why I only work with um, one albino strain. I'm bouncing all over the place. Sharp or call? Call. You work with call? Yeah. I think sharper or, or, or cleaner. Well, see, I've always said they are to an extent only because of the way they were bred. They were always okay. the more expensive ones. So people that were spending the money on them were spending higher quality animals too. Whereas call was the first one, and they bred it to everything. It didn't matter how ugly the parent was. An albino could hide a lot of ugly. So here, here's the thing about this whole desert ghost thing. Do you think now that opens up an entire just shit storm Pandora's box of what's actually poly and recessive in this? Yes. Ball python? I think so. Well, well, two things there. One, I found it funny when people talked about the market crashing because of this. And I was like, if you liked desert ghost before, the same. you still, still like it now. It still looks yeah. the same. It just... You now yeah. know how it works. And you can better your odds yeah. of not fucking up. And I'm sure people are still fighting that. They're like, dude, that guy's wrong. No. <laughs> was <Well, true. laughs> I, I watched an episode most recently. It was Ben's thing, but he had Travis Wyman on. And people, uh-huh. had, sent, people had sent Travis questions about this. And one person's yeah. like, do you think that Ben could be wrong? And 
could it be a false positive like COVID test? And I'm like, all right, you've already jumped into the oh, you don't geez. believe this yeah, guy. Yeah, you're knows a whole about. other. Yeah. I was like, first off, and even Travis explained, COVID's tests run off of RNA, and you're looking for well proteins and all. Yeah, Ben ran a DNA test. Like it's a it's, DNA test. Yeah, it's not the same thing. Not even close. But well, just, and that's just people not understanding. We 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 are the reptile community is a group of mimics and parrots. We are told from this person that this is how this gene works, and we take it yeah. as the truth. It's the gospel. Because if we can replicate it the way they're explaining it to us, by God, it is the gospel. But actually, when you break down the genetics, and Lee said something about when we got they got Leos from us, we were breaking down genetics to them. And we, we really, really, really got deep into genetics with leopard geckos and how the actual alleles paired and how they stacked. And I was lucky enough to go to UTA, and they are actually, well, I think they, have, they had two of our geckos there that they were using for genetic testing and doing, you know, some stuff like that. I was part, I was trying to be part of a program where we actually did a bunch of DNA sequencing in Tokyo. Um, but it was going to, the problem that came back came down to was you can't find a pure specimen of eubliferid macularis macularis. There is nothing that you can say because you can't get a baseline because in the wild they have heterozygous traits, right? So that was, when I posted that thing, I'll pay a person a thousand dollars if they can prove they have a leopard gecko with zero head. So you can't, you can't ben, prove it. I, d- I imagine you don't come across anyone who thinks they know better in the medical world at all. Doctors you know? don't know Especially, anything, right? Why is he muted? He muted occasionally. Oh. It yeah, I'm occasionally. sure. Yeah. So I just want to go back real quick. Sean, you talked about is it going to open up a wormhole? I think what's going to happen is people are going to realize uh, that they're different morph. All the it's, white snakes are the same damn thing. Well, they're going to realize that this different morph who who looks slightly different than this other morph. The reason it looks slightly different is because you've been basically line breeding it. You're line breeding, and you have put you may have put a gene in there you don't know is there. So there may be an allele there in that one that is not uh-huh. in the other one. But when you mix them together, like that's what they're going to figure out, and uh, it, that will melt the brains. That will completely. It, it, whenever yeah, whenever they start talking about stacking alleles. In ball python genetics, they're going to be like, huh? Yeah. Like, what? How, how does that work? Yeah. No, it's no, no, it's recessive. Everything's recessive. There's 4,000 recessive genes in ball python. <laughs> yeah. Why can't it's I breed this true. to that and get this every time? Because that's it's not, not true. <laughs> that's how exactly. shit works. Not how it really works. Yeah. It's... But I mean, hopefully, you know, with the people doing the study with the sheds and stuff that we've talked to, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll understand it a little more. Um, but at this point, it's just selling skin of animals right now. They're looking for different colors and patterns. Like I said, they're just selling the skin. Ben's thing when he tested the skin and found that out about the desert ghost should not have changed anyone's plans other than trying to figure out, all right, do I need to have a visual or can I yeah. trust this het to be truly? It's het? just some of them are just mind blown. Their, their minds are blown. They don't understand. They can't grasp the concept of a polygenetic trait. Yeah. So that was fun to watch people not understand genetics again for the 500th time while I've been <laughs> right. Um, that's part of it and then people just just people questioning <laughs> questioning i just love when it doesn't go the way someone thinks their automatic thing is that person's lying or making it up or doesn't know what they're talking about i'm like oh yeah uh, i think ben knows we, he he's kind of does that for yeah. a living yeah that's that's you know that's another big thing in our community is like you you can't be right all the time like you're still going to learn something and, and and i've always said this for till the day i die the minute i stop learning something in this hobby is when i should just walk away so I always learn something new every day, every single day. You have to. 
you know, and you have to be open-minded about it. There's other ways to do things and we get that. But when you, when something like crazy like this genetic comes out, I love it because I just love seeing people get eat up because they're like, <laughs> I just can't, they can't wrap their brains around. This is actually how it works. Like on a scientific level, this is how it works. I just thought it was not funny. because somebody told you this is how it works. So you, know? you were like, "Oh, this is gonna crash the whole market for desert goats." It's like yeah, that doesn't no. make any sense. It's he didn't same, change it's how same. it worked. Yeah, there's still people are producing them the same way. You know, it's just uh, part of it. Anyways, the, the it, so overall the drama, like I said, is only drama if you let it be drama. Yes. Uh, if you just breathe scroll your past shit, it, keep James. Your shit. I do scroll past James. it. I just scroll past. Like, I'm just gonna give you shit. Love you. But I'm also one of those who, when I log off of Facebook, it doesn't bother me. I'm not one of those that has to like take the. Oh, I'm the same way. I'm like, week, I'm done. I really like. I need a week break from Facebook. I'm like, I, it doesn't. I'm good. I, I don't doesn't doesn't emotionally affect me that much once I'm off of it. Oh, I'm. I'm. We're going to out to Lauren Greg's uh, or Laura's family ranch next week after his report show for like six days again. Southwest Texas. The Lano River starts on their property. They have like 4,800 acres. They have a kill site on site. We're going to go look for our cake wow. knives. That'd be um, cool. By, uh, is it Bison Americanus is out there. They have, they have bones and stuff. And some, they've never dug. They've just picked up surface oh, wow. pines all over. So we're going to be out in the middle of nowhere until I think from like the 29th to July 4th. And we got permission to actually dig out there. So we're going to, we got some sifting tables. So I'm going to disappear for a little while. Ben's going to go with you. Cool. <laughs> Welcome yeah, that to. sounds pretty cool. Yeah, anytime you want to come to Texas, Ben, I got the spots. I know lots of people got some really cool spots. Yeah. I've I've been there herping many times. I've just never uh, been there looking for... Do both. Yeah. Do both. yeah. I could take you to spots where you can do both. Well, some, what was it, Katie? Someone asked uh, to ask Ben about his oh, um, Alterna, so, his night herping with Alterna. Yes. So Rob Clockman, I believe is how you say his last name, Wanted oh. to ask about your four Alterna night on 277. He says, I know the cut. He says it is the stuff of legends. You pulled four <laughs> Alterna from that same, from one? No, it was, this was, um, man, this What's was a long Alterna? time ago. I was in. Um, okay, thanks. This was like 2000, 2002. And uh, I, uh, it was like my, I think, fourth trip out there. And um, I, uh it was one of those things I was out there for like a week and not seeing much at all. And then I had a 50 minute span where I found four Alterna Fuck. Uh, wow. on, you know, one trip up the road, uh, two of them on one cut and then one each on a couple different cuts. And those were the only ones I saw the whole trip within this. That's, 50 minute I mean, span. Ben, was that the one you were telling me you were there in July instead of June? No, this was, uh, this was June actually. And, um, and then we went back in July, I went back with, um, with someone else and then he found three in wow. like four nights. Um, how many and, fake ones? Uh, have I didn't How many fake ones have you found? How many fake ones? Oh, a number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ru- Ricky, Ricky, yeah. Ricky Angel. Green's got, see, I Root. think he's got two, at least two or three, five gallon buckets full of fake Alterna. That he collects yeah. off the cuts. <laughs> yeah, it's um now it's it's been a couple of years since I was out there and um uh you know now everybody walks and I, I actually enjoy that a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, just getting out and walking and because you see yeah. so much other stuff out there. Um just the invertebrates and mammals and all kinds of stuff. But 
Um, no, I know I, I've run into Rob out there a couple times. It's been it's been a long time, but uh, hi, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make it out there. I I, I do want to go out there and and the Trans Pecos is nice. I my most recent trip, I went uh, went to see Deadly Tarantula Girl, and uh, and we found a pair of Trans Pecos Copperheads that I gave to Mario um, for his educational stuff, but. You know, if we get into genetics and, you know, how close things are, it's like, did they really loop in, uh, you know, the Transpicos Copperhead with the other stuff? It's like, they're definitely different. They, they looped them into broad, broad bands, right? Yeah. Well, and I, I, I know what he's talking about there. You're going to get people that say differently. Yeah. You know, we could go back to DNA testing be the greatest way to do it now that it's now that you can actually do genome sequencing a lot cheaper than $15,000 per sample, which was when I was looking at doing it for leopard geckos. I got to get one of those, the snake genetics guys to explain to me how, when they did the green uh, tree Python one, they found like a 20 something percent difference between populations of green tree pythons in their DNA, but like humans and chimpanzees, it's like a 0.2% difference. Yeah. I see. I see what you're saying there too, but like, I think that's more, is a locality kind of thing, you know, that's gotta be, um, uh, all right. We, I think hit, you're also looking at, yeah, go ahead. I was just say we've hit two hours. Uh, Holy crap. Have we really? I we know. Have. <laughs> we have. Well, this I'm, was the best episode ever because James didn't talk very much. So thank you, <laughs> Ben. That was awesome. Uh, like Katie secretary out. Love you, James. But that was really good. Ben did an awesome job. That was amazing. That was really good. What stuff. I loved Matt, the most about awesome. it is that I could follow and understand everything you were saying. It was beautiful. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> because not gonna... typically I do not. I'm What's not... an alternative? <laughs> That's you true. Awesome. Shut up. <laughs> oh, we we pair we're we're pairing our silver subox up next week. Finally, I Google a My lot of stuff. Pair of silver subox. So that notepad's for is all the things. I lost you guys for a minute there. Oh no. Okay. There you are. You there? We were just you back, Ben. We were telling you how wonderful yeah, I'm you back. were. Yeah, yeah. I was saying how this was the best episode ever because James oh, did the talk, hey. and I could and understand awesome. everything that you yes. were telling us, which was I Google was a lot great. normally. Yeah, so. it was really good. Well, hey, th- I, I, I had a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff, and thank you guys very much for inviting us. So I want to ask Ben and not Max. Ben, if you want to learn more about. Uh, ASF and all that, where can they look? And if they wanted to ask you any questions, how can they get a hold of you? If you want them to get a hold of you, if not, tell them to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, actually, Max is our social media guru. So maybe, um, I mean, have, have y'all met Max? How do you, have <laughs> stuff? you know how much content Max owes people right now? I, I have a video for, I have like three oh. videos for you. I'm I had sure. to take my own birthday picture this year. Because, I know yes. because somebody's Max, somebody's child Max, had, I had their in first New York. birthday. Max needs to put out the <laughs> ASF stuff though and share it um, to get the Escapus Foundation website out there for people. Yeah. So um, the and fast- hopefully at an upcoming show we'll be doing another auction. I don't know yes. what we did to the last Connor auction, but try to so for the money. fastest way for people to reach us. Like you can find all of our social medias and everything. I have Max's cell phone number. Oh, no. we, can put, we can put that up if you want. Yeah, yeah that's not. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just snakebitefoundation.org, and then you can find our blog post. You can get our newsletter. You can donate, become a member. Um, and then, of course, our social medias are all on there. And so you can go there. And because um, uh, 
when I changed my YouTube channel name from Max's View because people couldn't do X apostrophe S, you know, like, so the easiest way, snakebitefoundation.org, find our social medias through there if you're worried about spelling Asclepius wrong. But other than that, that would be a legit concern. Let's just be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so for the lowest competent denominator, but if you can't spell it, Instagram um, and, you know, Facebook, just look up Asclepius Snakebite Foundation and you'll find us. Um, or ben, I'm going to add you, I'm going to send you a friend request on Facebook too. Cool. Um, if I have availability, uh, of his 5,000 <laughs> friends, you have to get rid of some. Yeah. Cause I have to, click. but no, seriously, if you, uh, when you're back in Texas, let me know. I'd love to get together with you. Yeah. Um, pick great. your brain on some stuff, show you around some cool places. Go look and if you fall, his. you know, he'll have the med kit. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're in tech. I mean, Max, come on. Yeah, just rub some dirt in it. Rub some dirt on it. Uh, Sean, if people (laughs) want to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you? Call Lori. That is true. (laughs) That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. (laughs) He messaged my wife. He doesn't see his messages. I I don't see my... I, I have he must love me more than y'all because he always responds very quickly when I text him. notifications on my phone right now. Our child has like um, 430 emails. When I looked at her phone the other day, oh, no, I was my like, email says 99, I said, you're 9, one 9, of 9, these 9. people. What's wrong with yes. you? Clear this yeah, Lori out. Has zero, yeah, Lori has zero in her uh, inbox. James is her dad, so. Mine has 99. I checked mine. We are. Katie said hi. hi. Everybody said hi. Get off. I'm being told to so, do a podcast. See, uh, somebody must have called Lori. Herbshow.net. Oh, yes, Herb, herbshow.net. I'm Herb. on Facebook, Sean Gray, or Herbshow.net, or Herbshop.net. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, be quiet, Lori. If you want to re- uh, reach out to us, it is the Herb Talk Podcast. You, thank God. On Instagram, you. Facebook, and at gmail.com. Don't forget, uh, if you want UVB LED light bulbs from VivTech, use code GUMBO22. Just try to make some money there. She said, I'll get James later. <laughs> also, make sure to go check out our <laughs> Facebook page and you can join in for our giveaway this month. All you have to do is tell us. Uh, Where's your favorite place to go on family vacation? And if you need a rack or a cage, check out Robert Ellis Reptile Racks dot com. Dot com. Thank uh, you guys. You're ben, welcome. Max, hang around a second, but thank you all for coming on. Uh, thanks, been really cool. Very nice to meet you, man. Look forward to seeing you again. You thanks too. everybody for listening. Max, love you, Max. Love you. Watching <laughs> and goodbye.